Hello, and welcome to episode number 64 of The Third Power. As always, I am one of your hosts, Anthony Avatolo, and as always is the jubilant Usman Jamil. Oh, that's me. I'm, I'm jubilant. Yes. <laughs> He's jubilant because he got a bunch of presents for his popper cube, like uh, rares turning into commons and uncommons turning into commons. So he's excited, uh, even though it may only remotely sound like it. Uh, I'm excited. We don't get a chance to uh, do a whole lot of podcasts anymore. Uh, certainly hope we can get on a more regular schedule, as always. But we're here to, in honor of Eternal Masters, we're here to talk about uh, some old cards and revisit some old friends and maybe talk about cards that uh, don't get a whole lot of press anymore or, or need some time in the light again. Yeah, yeah, just not, let's say not cool, but I don't know. There was one card that got errated, which kind of got into some new flavor that we could talk about. Oh, of course. Uh, but first, we got to start the episode like we do every episode, and that's with a crack-a-pack. Ah, yes. All right. I'm going to crack. Would you like to type? <laughs> sure. You can crack, and I will type. All right. All right, so I was going to say round number one. That's not a round. I don't think. All right, card number one, Coral Helm Commander. Coral Helm Commander. Okay, card two. That's a, a nifty one. Number two, Searing Blaze. Ooh. That's a good one. Number three, Snapcaster Mage. Oh, well. oh boy. <laughs> Next, we're going to see Batter Skull. Yeah, any day. Number four, oh, wow, it's a very blue pack. Jace Vrin's Prodigy. Oh, okay. Snapcaster and then the kind of Snapcaster after it. That's funny. Number five, Pithing Needle. So you can right. stop Jace. You can stop uh, and Coral Helm Commander. Yeah, suck as a 2-2. Take that, take that 2-2. Next one, wow, this is all, is it? Inferno Titan. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty crazy. Next one, Strip Mine. Finally, not an Is It card. Not Strip Poker, Strip Mine. <laughs> Next card, Bayou. Adventures of Bayou Billy. Remember that game? It sounds vaguely familiar. It was on the. Uh, it was on the NES. Yeah, it sounds vaguely familiar, but man, I don't know it. It was like. Some dude is like, The Adventures of Bayou Billy. <laughs> and like, it was part side scroller, and like, it was part like a gun thing, and part was like a driving. It was very hard. Oh, okay. It was, it was also by Konami, so it was, for the most part, very good, just very difficult. Yeah, Konami always made pretty good games in that era. Yeah. Yeah, they were, they were pretty, pretty solid. Next card, Master of the Wild Hunt. Oh. Which we were actually just talking about right before this. Right, pre-show, we were, were talking about Master of the Wall Hunt. Yep. Next card, Day of Judgment. Alright. Next card, I'm just grabbing some random sections, despite having to just done a pile shuffle of it, go figure. Uh, Student of Warfare, that's kind of close to figure, <laughs> Destiny. Two level-up cards in the same pack. It is. Next card, Anafenza Kintree Spirit. 
car is sweet, by the way. Yeah, it is. Next card. Eidolon of the Great Revel. Mm. Yep. I like that one, too. Next card. Arid Mesa. Another fine one. Yep. And the last one. Golgari Signet. And end with a not taking it. Dude, totally we're taking Golgari Signet. Those are, those are OP. Okay. So, this pack. Yeah. I feel like there's one card I definitely want to take on this one. I'm probably biased. As much as I like a lot of cards in this pack, I think it's really hard for me to, to just give up a Snapcaster. Yeah. Yeah. Unless I feel particularly red, then we're taking a Eidolon of the Great Revel, most likely. Oh, I thought uh, you were going to say... Possibly a Searing Blaze. I thought you were going to say, like, Strip Mine or something. I'm like, yeah, that... I mean, also fine, but, like, the, the, the damage output of Eidolon is just huge. Yeah, it does uh, it does a good amount. And it's uh, one of those cards that I think a, a lot of people underestimate until they get until they play against it. Uh, and they're like, wow, this card is a giant pain. Yeah, you know? it was... I remember when it was previewed... I forget what we thought of it, but I remember... Like, it was funny, like, I remember driving to a cube draft, and me and uh, Dave, Dave Merton-Jones, who does the podcast theme, I forget, like, what happened, like, we were talking about it a little bit, and I was just like, I think we were like, what do you think of this card? I'm like, can I just call you? It's going to be, <laughs> this is a diff- this is, <laughs> I was like, this is going to take a while. Ah. And I was like, yeah, this, I like this card. It's like Philosophy of Fire, kind of, if I take damage, I don't really care, because you're taking damage, so I don't, so like, whatever. Right. Yeah. And I have a 2-2 attacker for my troubles. Yeah. That's a really, really nice card. And it's a 2-2, which is... Uh, it feels like this card is very pushed, which is good, because... It should be, because that card's good. <laughs> so if it wasn't for a Snapcaster, you'd probably take... Would you take Eidolon or, or a Strip Mine, do you think? Um... I, for me, like, if I want to be that deck, I think I'm taking Eidolon... I I know that kind of sounds like heresy because strip mine is so good. Um, but like I want high high damage, low amount of card cards. That's why I like searing blaze a lot too mm-hmm. because it does two of the things that you want it to do at the same time. You know, it's uh, you know clearing the path and still dealing damage to the face. Yeah, yeah, it, so, it does. It gets a lot of card economy. Right. When you're just uh, like, you want all their cards to do a lot for their costs. Right, exactly. It's essentially, you know, dealing six damage. You know, uh, Eidolon, you know, deals a lot of damage on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, some of it's to you, but I- I'm okay with that, you know, uh, because it's it's about killing your opponent. Now, yeah. uh, you know, depending on what the opponent's deck looks like. I mean, it's a possibility that it could be a liability, um, but, you know, it's just the, the, the chance you have to take. Yep. You know, playing at turn two on the play most likely is going to result in your opponent at least taking four damage from it, um, if not six or more. So, because if they're not casting spells and you're attacking with it, uh, and if they are casting spells, they're taking damage, and you might still be attacking with it, you know, so... Well, yeah, uh, you know, 
it, there's just lots of opportunities for it to create a lot of damage in, a, in short order, which is exactly kind of what you want. You know, when you're talking the philosophy of fire type thing of uh, we want our cards to deal X amount of damage, this card can deal a lot of that damage on its own. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, But, you know, let's be honest, I'm taking Snapcaster here, um, but I, I certainly can be... There, there are scenarios where I feel like I might want... Uh, what's his name instead? Uh, Eidolon. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Good old Eidolon. I, so, yeah. I did a thumbs up. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that's that's not good pod. Thumbs no. Up, not, not good pod. It's not good soda. Thumbs up, not good soda either. I was going to say, that's not good soda. Ugh. Also not good pod. <laughs> well, maybe a little bit when, you, when you're when you disgusted by it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, pretty gross. So... <laughs> But other than that, you know, that's fine. Hey, so you mentioned, uh, speaking of old cards, you mentioned uh, Errata. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of interesting. I expected to mostly get stuff for Popper Cube and then, like, nothing for, you know, regular card cube because it's all reprints. So I was like, whatever. Uh, when Aaron Forsyth t- uh, previewed Winter Orb, the text said, Just like old times. With a new printing of Winter Orb, we took the opportunity to revert its functionality and hashtag MTGEMA. And then it used to just say players can't untap more than one land during your untap step. And then it got reverted to back what it was back in the day where it says as long as Winter Orb is untapped, you can only tap one land. Right. Which is right. interesting. So you get to icy manipulator your back in the day you'd icy manipulator your own winter orb mm-hmm. or at the your opponent's turn so you can then untap all your lands but they're still under the lockdown. Yeah, which I think gives it a bit more stock in cube because if you know stuff like uh, you know like Deceiver X Arc and whatever, I'm really excited to see it with Win- uh, Whirler Rogue. So you tap the winter orb. <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, like EOT, tap my Thopters or whatever. That's or tap funny. Winter Orb and a Thopter, and then, you know, just, I'll make your guy unblockable. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> just some stupid thing like that. It's like, oh, and tap all my lands. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure this is, like, the term cube staple tends to get used a lot. Sure. I'm pretty sure Winter Orb is an actual cube staple. Yeah, and it, as it should be. Yeah. And this just, like, makes it better. Although it does, like, give it some weird interactions, like, if your opponent fro- can, like, frost-tighten it now or something, or you can, or, like, they can tap it with Rouse Eric or something. But for the most part, it's still still the same old amazing card we we knew before. Right, now with a little bit of extra value. Yeah, I was about right, to say. Perhaps a little more susceptible to your opponent being able to tap it, right, but... But, like, them's the breaks, you know? Whatever. Yeah. Like, all right. Whatever. Like, that happens. Card's sweet. New yeah. artwork is sweet. It doesn't have any polar bears on it, but whatever. Nah, yeah, that that whole no polar bear thing is it's not, not a, I don't know. It feels like it should. I, I'm, I'm kind of used to this art, because that's the, the art I use for, for my cubes, Winter Orb. And I just bought, you know, the, pro, the, the this one, because it's... I want to make sure at least the wording's on there. Sure, makes sense. But yeah, it's like, it's pretty cool having this kind of surprise change amongst the stuff. Like for Popper Cube, it's interesting, like, 
Elite Vanguard dot got downgrade to a common. Like what? You know, they're showing like the mythics and rares and whatever. Mm-hmm. And like they do with every set, they show a bunch of commons and uncommons at the very end, which is right all at the same time. Yeah, and those are the ones I cared about. I was like, all right, what's this? What Elite Elite Vanguard? What <laughs> I was expecting to be a you know, whatever uncommon. It was common. I was like, what? Unco- common. And some other cool things like um. You know, Peregrine Drake, Rally, Rally the Peasants, I was very surprised. Cause, yeah, that real good. Yeah, it's just like, I'm just gonna just kill you now. Uh, what's it, like, um, Desperate Ravings, I was very surprised by that, and I, it feels like a lot of people haven't played, it feels like people are still scared of the random discard of that card. Yeah, no, card sweet. Yeah, I was about to see you, uh. Especially when you flash it back. Yeah. I think I did this, I think it may have been Popper Cube or something where you play a, um, a buyback spell, and then with that on the stack you desperate ravings, so they don't lose the buyback spell. Oh. I think it was capsize or something, like capsizes buyback and then. Uh huh. I think it was like in a peasant cube. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like, like something like that, or maybe like the limited resources cube mm. or something. But yeah, like that's cool. And I have to remember what else, what other interesting things got downgraded. Uh, hello, Emperor Crocodile. Oh yeah, the old, it's a common. Yeah, who went from common? It, it seems like in the recent master sets, there's this rare that gets downgraded to a common, like Scion, mm-hmm. or, or Emperor Crocodile. We're uh, talking about the, the uh, vote uh, that happened. The uh, increase the velocity of the format or whatever. Yeah. We were talking about that before we started recording, where it was like uh, that vote for eighth edition to put the card in the set, uh-huh. and it was like the vote, you know, like you make the set or whatever, and it was that versus Jade Leech, and because that was bad, I voted Emperor Crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> and now yeah, I, I heavily voted and lobbied for Jade Leech. Yeah, I would definitely do be that now. I would definitely vote for Jade Leech now, but alas. That card it's funny because both of those cards probably are not very good. Probably not standard right now. Yeah, like unfortunately, Juzam Jins aren't really that big anymore, which is nope. it's it's kind of weird in in the grand scheme of things when Juzam Jin was just like such an iconic card and like Plague Sliver when that got printed, people were like, "Oh, I'm Maltubian Horde was the most expensive card in Alliances when it first came out." Yeah, that was like basically Juzam that was you know. In red, mm-hmm. I mean, so what? You had to discard a card. You got remember? off five, five, four, four. Woo! Do you remember that card? Uh, it was like Kragenwack Cohort or something. It was in Shadowmore. It was supposed yeah. to be like a like a a throwback to it. Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. I don't remember the name exactly, but it was like four for a five four or something, and then like right. discard something at random. Yeah, Crag. Crag and Wick, Cremator. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Crag and Wick. When it, when it comes into play, discard a card at random. If you discard a creature card this way, this deals damage to that, equal to that card's power to target player. Nice. And it was a 5-4 instead of a 5-5. Five, five. I guess 5-5 five, five would have been, would have been OP or something. <laughs> and if you're Hellbent, it doesn't die like Boloduvian Horde did. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so that's that's nifty. But yeah, the the days of where that card was yeah, in- industry standard for good creature. 
Yeah. Now it's like, I'm going to spend four mana at instant speed and go get two, three drops as long as they're in the first uh, few cards of my deck. Yeah. <laughs> Man, how creatures have gone from, like, yeah, four mana, five fives are just like, yeah, like Pelucranos, I think... I think it still got a lot of attention when it was print when it was uh, previewed, just because it was huge. I remember seeing some people like on the general MTG places saying like it's like a bad bonfire. It's like, but <laughs> it's a five five, it's a five five for four. This card's still stupid, but yeah, it's kind of funny, like how how the how the game has kind of shifted for creatures. And of course, Winter Orb was a relic of of the old artifacts back in the day, which is cool. That that also gets a thumbs up. Good, good old thumbs up. <laughs> soda. That's so bad. Always comes back to the thumbs up soda. I remember, like, somebody asked, like, what does it taste like? Like, Pepsi or Coke? I'm like, it just tastes like bad. <laughs> it tastes awful. Tastes like butt. Yeah, it was like a bad, bad cola or something. It was, it was, it was real bad. Yeah, it's messed up. Mess, messed up soda. But yeah, this, this episode's like about, I think it's, cause yeah, I think, you know, we're talking, you know, we tend to, a lot of our recent episodes have been just like new set stuff. And we talk about old cards mainly in the context of cracker packs, like, mm-hmm. hey, Snapcaster's stupid, so, so please take it, thank you, or whatever, or I don't, right, right, right. we don't tend to do a lot of retrospectives and it seems like, you know, in, in magic con, in like, a lot of uh, content, it feels like there's less of a emphasis on, I don't know if I'd say history, but just kind of learning on old mistakes or something. A lot of it is just very much based on the now. It's just like, oh, this card's great, or like this card, as it turns out, this card is Elspeth Sun's Champion is really good, or something. But yeah, I'm, I think, you know, I think this is a good idea to talk about a lot of these older cards, or at least revisit some of them in the in the context of cube right because of good old eternal masters yeah it was inspired by you know seeing all these old cards and you know getting to draft and being like oh turns out coalition honor guard is stupid yep (laughs) been telling people for a long time that card's real dumb would they usually brush it off, be like, but it's, it, who cares? It's a 2-4. It's a 2-4 for 4. What are you talking about? Or, And then you're just like, here's this card. And then what it takes, it's it's literally one of those cards that takes some playing against uh, in order to understand how good it is. Because you don't realize how far-reaching its effects are until you actually play against it. And you're like, oh, I'll just, hmm. oh, okay, well, I can just. Oh. Yeah, like, I'll, uh, I'll bolt it. It's like, cool. Right, and it's a 2-4. So it's like, yeah. bolt it? Mm, no. Chain lightning up? Mm, mm, no, not enough. Yeah. Like, the fact that it eats, you know, two burn spells, uh, or, uh, you know, either eats two burn spells, or, you know, basically shuts off all their auras. Um, they can pacify it, sure, but they can't pacify your other guys, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. It, and it's just like, uh, I think when Spellskite was previewed, or, you know, we did the episode about that, we were talking about, yeah, Collision Honor Guard's really good. And 04 yeah. probably is really good also. 
right coalition honor guard is certainly uh certainly a big game now yeah. you know uh spell site's got some extra you know spice to it because of it being only two mana and going in any color and you know but coalition honor guards i mean the card's so good that every time i play it i'm like god i wish this were good enough card and cube mm-hmm. yeah. like well, it's definitely uh, good. It's, it's definitely, not because it's you know white fours are just absurd. Yeah, but it's definitely great in popper cube. Like I, if that comes out of my popper cube, it would be a very strange day. And watch it happen like two months. <laughs> no, I don't think that's gonna happen. Speaking of which, I've been re- lately doing a lot of stuff for my popper cube. I recently did like a pretty huge blog post about it, and and you know just have been really happy with a lot of the changes. I recently, I think I told us, Anthony, I think we were talking about before the podcast started about a pretty sweet affinity deck that I, that, yeah, yeah, the the Hopper one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just like, I think counting the artifact lands, I think it had how many, let's count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, twelve artifacts plus three even inspector plus three artifact lands. And then a bunch of synergies like Flare Husk and I'm not Flare Husk, uh, Ardent Recruit, and like a bunch of affinity guys like Frogmite and Mirror Enforcer and stuff. It was a really interesting deck, and like that's something that I've been kind of wanting to be a deck for a while, but I've been like pushing it more and more, and to see it, you know, get to the finals of a draft and win, I was like, that's pretty cool. I'm excited. So I'm probably gonna put more like a lot of my mental energy for Cube in the past, like. Say three ish weeks or so has been kind of devoted to that, and then now that I'm mostly happy with it, I'm probably going to go back to regular cube and see what I want to do from there. But yeah, I've been pretty excited about how that's been going. It's on it's on Cube Tutor and it's on the blog. Mm-hmm. And so which means I actually updated the blog with something that wasn't a crack pack. It's <laughs> 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 been like a running joke, but it actually actually worked. So yeah. I I do feel like we need to mention if we're talking about older cards about Elishnorn, how I think we've referenced it, referenced it several times, like we do Batterskull apparently, about how we messed up again. <laughs> like on the right, yeah, that was just a miss. Yeah, which is funny because on a wide pre- variety of levels. It was funny because it was previewed way before the set came out, like you know when you know during preview season. You know, it's like, oh, look at this, it's Inforexian. Oh, right, 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 right. It was like, and this 4-7, what? And it makes your creatures big? <laughs> it's like, it definitely... Right, like, that thing costs 7, like, how could that possibly be good? Yeah, it's... I forget what we... I remember I said, like, Elishnorn sucks for cube or something. I definitely remember mm-hmm. that phrase or something, making some dumb pun like like I always do. But, like, <laughs> we're like, Elishnorn sucks for cube or something stupid. <laughs> But I guess you know, it's, it, it's, I think that's a really good example of a card that once you see it in play, it's just like, oh, right. It does that. It does that too. Oh, all my creatures are no good anymore. <laughs> I can't win. But yeah, I think it's a really interesting one where eventually I think the world caught on, but it took a while. It felt like it took longer than it should have, but yeah, that card, that card actually ended up being really stupid. Yep. 
I sure did. Good old, good old Elish Norn. So we, um, there, I don't know if there's really like, you usually do these by color and for set reviews and we really didn't this time. We just, yeah, kinda... it's just kind of like getting some ideas and kind of flow of consciousness. So we had an opportunity to, uh, to record that we didn't think we might be able to have. So we're like, okay, well, you know, we've been batting this idea around. Like, let's go ahead and do it. Uh, so, it, you know, it's kind of got to be off the cuff. There's, there's a chance that we'll, uh, discover some other cards we want to talk about while we're uh, talking about these and just kind of like a little like a potpourri older card uh, podcast. How's that? Yeah. It's pod. How's that sound? It's good po- pod. Po- po- potpourri. Potpourri. <laughs> Ooh, potpourri. Potpourri. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, so on, on the more recent end of things, and I don't know if I've mentioned this uh, anytime recently, but uh, Mystic Confluence, the one that came out of the uh, Commander decks, one of the more recent round of Commander decks, mm-hmm. the Blue Confluence, is really stupid. Yeah, it It's about as unfair as you can get for a five-mana counterspell. Yeah, which is funny, because it's not really an axis on which there are many good counterspells. Like, it feels like a lot of the not two counter spells that have been good have been four mana, like cryptic and whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Mystic Confluence, that card is so st- that card. Yeah, like Dismiss. Is, I like Dismiss just fine. Oh yeah, I forgot Dismiss. Yeah, that thing, one's pretty solid. Kind of too. thing you want to do. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I do like that card quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mystic Confluence is so stupid. Like, But, you know, like, and once again, though, it's, it's one of those cards that yeah, I think you don't really appreciate how good it is until you actually play with it or play against it. And you're like, wait, you did what? Mm-hmm. Like, how many different things does that do? I remember so, wait, one. So you countered my spell, bounced my guy, and drew a card. That actually, I was actually just right. going to say I did that recently where it was just like, I looked at the man, it's like, how much mana you have? Two open? Okay. Counterbounce draw? It's <laughs> like, What? That's so stupid. It's I think definitely my favorite mode on Cryptic is Counterbounce. And yeah, this was definitely a really nice take on it. It just does so much. I've never uh used it as Jace's ingenuity. Like to just like cash it in for like, three. Yeah, just draw some cards. I mean, certainly it's probably I, I I'm certain it's you know, it's probably the second worst mode. Let's see, which is the worst? Uh, triple Mana Leak. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then it's like, pay... Like if, you ha- if, you have, if someone's got six extra mana and you really need them to pay... <laughs> seven or you really need them to pay nine extra mana for their spell, I think that's certainly just like the worst mode. It's kind of like the, you know, the hard cast Force of Will mode yeah. or whatever. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> it's, uh... But Jason's Ingenuity, you know... It's still one card for three at instant speed. So, yeah. Not that shabby. Because, yeah, it's an accident. Like, we don't tend to see many instant speed card draw things anymore. Like, the last one was Dig Through Time. And the funny right, thing is. What happened to that one? <laughs> the funny thing was, in the preview article, they talked about how. I think it was like Jacob Van Lunen previewed it and said something like, it's going to really define blue control decks and standard. And it was like, eight mana. What? This card is stupid. Like, stupid bad. And then, eventually, people caught on to really how good Big Through Time was. I think, 
again, it's one of those cards. It's just like it looks like a weird kind of factor fiction, kind of. But it's just it's so much like if any time that resolves, like if the opponent resolves or you do, it just changes the dynamic of the game so much. Right. Right. Like, oh, you got to tutor <laughs> twice. Right. Like oh, great, awesome. It's like I'm dead. Awesome. Especially if I like it's a game where you're just going back and forth. You're just kind of trading resources, and it's like, oh, delve a bunch, mm-hmm. dig. It's like, oh, uh-oh. Right. Whoops. Yeah, I'm dead. I never got the the seven the seven lander from it, thankfully. Like, really hard to miss. Yeah. Really hard to miss. Like you can Always definitely get like two good cards, one spell or something, and that's awkward. Like spell. And a land or something. Yeah, usually it's real rare to to pull even five lands out of a dig. But like, the, here's the thing: even if you pull five lands and you like you grab like a utility land and like one spell, because that spell didn't do anything, you've just saved yourself five draws of your next seven that were going to be lands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. At the worst, you know, worst case scenario, you're way ahead when it comes to that. So, yeah, and it's just like, okay, so I got rid of all that that chaff, right? Get rid of it. It's like get out of here. Which is kind of like one of the, I mean, having a high land count is is one of the natures of the beast, mm-hmm. and being able to just get around that is is pretty sweet. Yeah, that that card's like dig through time. It feels like it's really hard to crack in blue, which it is. Let's not be honest. Right. Hey, what are your thoughts? I haven't had a chance to play it very much yet mm-hmm. on the red confluence. I like it. It's. I feel like I've used the the red, like the wrath mode, more than I I feel like I normally would. Like for such a high damage spell, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, this board state's awkward. Wrath of God, like, weird, weird Wrath of God mode. Like, deal six to every, or deal three to everything. But I really like it. I think it's really interesting. It deals a ton of damage. It's kind of like a, it, it it's a nice a thing to have. Like, especially if your opponent has something stupid like an Elspeth and you just want to get rid of their tokens. Like, that's oh. a thing. And just being able to deal with artifacts and whatnot. It's not as stupid as Mystic Confluence, because that card's just just stupid. Uh-huh. But it's a, it's a very good card. Like, I, I'm very happy with it. Okay. Yeah, like, I, I certainly have one, but I just hasn't hasn't come up. So... I love when that happens. It's like... It's like, man, I've had this in for so long. It's like... Where? And it's almost like you think, like, did I take it out? And it's like, oh, no, it's it's been here this whole time. It's, a, it's the heart of the cards... I guess. Right. Are the cards? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's just the luck of the draw. I guess that that's actually what it is. Yeah, but I think that's good. I've, I've liked the black one as well, the Wretched Confluence as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's at the third on those. Third line. Yeah, like the green one is just... Uh, and the white one is just... Yeah. Uh. <laughs> 
Although, like, uh, getting, like, three soldiers for, you know, five power for, uh, no, sorry, six power for five mana is not bad, but just the other modes are just kind of eh. Like, gain five life. Awesome. Or, destroy some enchantments. Right. Whoopin. Yeah, yes, oh boy. Awesome. We Yeah. <laughs> All the things that don't matter that much. Yay. I don't uh, what about, uh, let's see, uh, what other cards here? we got a whole list of things. Are, since I uh, brought up Mystic Confluence, the Confluence, is there one you want to uh, talk about next? I don't know, have you ever played Sun, Sunsei, whatever, Young Conqueror in Cube? Because I, I think I played it like a little bit in Legendary Cube, to be completely honest. So that's the uh, Horsemanship Mana War, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But to May, it's like if you really don't want to bounce their Abyssal Persecutor... You, you don't have to. <laughs> Maybe you're okay with them keeping a creature because you're going to balance afterwards? But why you wouldn't just balance beforehand? I don't know. I don't know why you would want them to keep a keep one in play. I guess, like... I was going to say the Titans, but that's fine, I guess. Right? But then it's just going to attack again and do the same thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm really stretching here. I mean, maybe it's the only creature and you just want a 3-3 guy? Because is it other creature? Or is it target other creature? I think it's target creature. But it has so, to be another creature. And if it's a well, So, um... Alright, so let's see. So if you have uh, Mana War... You, if it's the only creature, you have to bounce itself. Yeah. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's the fact ah. that you can just play it on a naked board. Ah. And yeah. since it has evasion, sometimes you, the blue deck just needs a, a 3-3. Yeah. Evasion. I definitely okay. had that in, it, it happen. It happened on Tuesday when I was playing that blue-white tempo deck, like artifact deck, and my opponent just had ETB things. And I had Manor, I'm like, well, I feel like an idiot. <laughs> I was like, well, this is terrible. I'll bounce your value guy. <laughs> I forget what it was. It was like a Muldrifter or something. I'm like, I'll bounce your Muldrifter. Awesome. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it was, yeah. So that, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. It gets around that kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I honestly haven't, I think I remember, I remember playing, um, do you ever play Lujun, the uh, horsemanship magpie? Uh, no. I actually don't play a whole heck of a lot of those uh, creatures, um, the legendary ones from Portal Three Kingdoms. Um, I think the only real Portal Three Kingdoms cards I played were, like, uh, just the spells, basically. Oh, yeah, like Imperial I played uh, Imperial Recruiter for a while, but uh, I played, no, like uh, a Horsequake... Oh, yeah, yeah, Horsequake. And uh, Armageddon and Wildfire. Armageddon it. Burning of Genie and uh, Ravages of War. Yeah, oh, yeah. Kind of played a whole lot of the creatures, so... I love the nickname Horsequake. <laughs> it's it's Horsequake. very fitting. All the non-horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye-bye.
Yeah, it's nice. Good old so, horse quake. Mm-hmm. Imperial seal. I remember. I used to yeah, Imperial seal. That's that's one. I forget how much that is nowadays, but it's like too much. Yeah, it's about the infinite dollars. I, I I think I used to like Lujun back in the day, but blue blue fours are very competitive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> one way fun- to put it. It's funny, like, it was, I remember, I think I was going to get one for, like, uh, like seven or eight dollars when I was starting my cube. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I think I actually got around to really wanting one, it was like fifteen dollars. I'm like, I'm like, I ain't paying fifteen dollars for this. Like, forget that. Ah. Yeah, and then eventually when it got printed in one of the commander sets, like, I, I, it was way out of, like, consideration for my cube. I was like, well, I don't want this anymore now. <laughs> it's like a right. dollar now. Nope. Done. I'm going to see how much it is. It's not 38 cents, TCG median. Ooh. 38 cents. <laughs> and now I just don't care. I'm just how, like, high, how high did it get after a while? Like, what was the uh, the crest of its value? Uh, I want to say 15, like 15 or 20. Oh, okay. I remember there was a cube I used to draft, and... I think it was. I think he had it in there or something, and it was. But I think, yeah, I think it was around. I want to say around fifteen or twenty. Oh. I was like, eh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's just kind of slow, unfortunately. Sure. It's and it's really. I think horsemanship's a really interesting mechanic, but I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, it was just really slow. It was un. It was essentially unblockable, and you know, it was always a funny thing when someone was like. Hey, what what uh, other horsemanship creatures do I have? I'm like, you're looking at the only horsemanship creature. Right, this is it. You're looking at it. Hey, so speaking of which, since we're on that, let's segue into uh, in cards to talk about. Someone mentioned wanting to hear a talk about Shadow Mage Infiltrator, and I kind of wanted to expand that kind of into all the Ophidians, right? From Ophidian into Finkel to Demir Cutpurse to uh Fungal Shambler to, uh, what's his name? Uh, Thieving Magpie to, you know, Delusion. The, the Delusion. <laughs> right, like, it's all of guy. these, so all of these cards at one point in time, so like, you know, for the longest time, like, Ophidian was kind of considered like a, uh, a, a historically good magic card. Like, I mean, this was a, uh, I mean, come on, they even named other cards after it, you know, Ophidian Eye. Yeah. So, like, man, here's a really powerful thing to do, like this card draw engine. It was part of that, whatever, that draw go deck. Right, right. And you look at it now, and you're just like, holy crap, have creatures gotten so much better? Yeah, like, it's, I, it's way out of consideration for my Popper Cube. And that, yeah, even, like, the upgraded one, like, um, what was that one? Scroll Thief, which is pretty much an upgrade. Oh, right, right. I forgot about Scroll Thief. Yeah, like, there's this... And, and there's oh. also uh, the green one, too, right? There's uh, the, the snake. Hmm? There's the Cold-Eyed Selkie? The, the oh, bl- right, there's Cold-Eyed Selkie. No, I'm talking about the Death Touch Snake, the 1-3. Uh, oh, Viper. Oran Viper. Uh, Oran Viper. Yeah. Right. Which, the fact, like, the only reason I actually like Oran Viper is because they have to make a choice between, you know, losing a creature... Or, or you drawing a card, right? So they're losing a card one way or the other. They're falling behind by a card 
unless they happen to trade. But if it's trading, they have to trade something that has three power, which isn't necessarily an awful thing either. Yeah. So, but where do you consider the kind of the Mendoza line, like for how good one of these cards has to be for, for cube inclusion now? You know, much to Norbert's dismay, uh, <laughs> I can't see playing Thieving Magpie anytime in the near future at this point. I was about to say, yeah, I... And I, that was I'm another, s- like, standard card. Like, standard of, hey, remember this card? Remember Raphidian? Hey, and it's a little more mana now, but now it has flying and it does damage. Mm-hmm, yeah. And you draw the card. Holy crap, this card's amazing. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, eh... It's just like, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm feeling it would, it, it couldn't be four mana. Like, I feel like it would be, I don't know. It feels like four mana would be really rough sell for one of those. It would, I feel like it would need to have evasion and some sort of protection. Even if it's like soft protection, like the Frost Titan protection, where like they can't target it unless they pay two or something stupid like that. But it would definitely need to have evasion, because a lot of those saboteur creatures without evasion are almost always abysmal. Like, do you remember, whatever, Liliana's Reaver? Oh, Reaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that one? one? Yeah, it was like uh, four man. It was like two and two black for a four three death touch. And I think it said something like when it dealt damage, like they discard, you know, when you hit a player, they discard a card or something. Yeah, whenever, so yeah, 2 and 2 black for 4 or 3 death touch. Whenever Liliana's Reaver deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card and you get a 2 2 zombie tapped. Like, that just looks at, without, you know, in the abstract, that seems really, really good. Mm-hmm. But the whole no evasion just was really awkward for it. And it right, just like, stone nothing. So, right, and also, too, though, you know, like, discard a card, not as good as you draw a card, right? Because there is a chance where there, there are corner cases where, and, you know, larger than typical corner cases where the cards in their hand don't matter or they don't have any. Yeah. And ergo, hitting them with it is just four damage. It's just, oh, okay. But yeah, it's like, eh. four, four damage, four mana, four, four, four you know, four, four damage. But... Uh, certainly, so the, the creature would have to be, I mean, so it's got to be, I, I think the, the, the thing with a creature like that is either it's got to be, it's got to have evasion, it's got to be able to get under other creatures, you know, through like fear, through however not to block. But I think if it wants to be more expensive, it has to be very punishing to be blocked. Like it has to create a Sophie's choice of do I really want to block this or do I really want him to draw a card? Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's got to have some sort of, if it's like four mana, it's got to have some sort of like neither of these options is good. Yeah. Do you think it would need to have a death trigger probably also or like if it's blocked or something like that? Yeah, like it's. I, I think what it would have to have is like some sort of if it gets blocked then something awful happens, like kill the creature that's blocking it and, you know, do they're, something else. They're a little or, dog, too. Right, exactly. Something stupid like that. Or, you know, uh, 
when it's blocked, it deals two damage to the creature that's blocking it and two damage to their face. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm making stuff up here. But, like, to some real legitimate choice of do I really want to let this hit me or not? Mm-hmm. And there's the whole trope about, you know, giving your opponent choice being bad, but, I mean, if it's something they... Right, if, if neither option is necessarily appealing... Yeah, and it's got to be, and it's got to be big enough too that you know it's it's going to hurt. Yeah. So they want to block it. You know what I mean? And on some level, or else they'll just die to it. But they'll die to it before they die from the cards that you draw from it. If they're going to make it expensive, yeah, like otherwise, it needs to be you know like, uh, you know, if it's Ninja of the Deep Hours, for example, something like that. You know, it needs to have some sort of. Evasion, which you know, Ninja sort of does. Yeah, it's, usually you know, it's, it's, it's unlocked, you know. But yeah, usually it's the first hit that's the easiest, and then after that, depending right, on the, the first board. one, right? First one replaces it, and then after that, it's just rough. Yeah, it's like and it's just not big enough. You're like, hello three three, how you doing? Right. Oh, hello two three. Yeah, like oh, uh, hey, <laughs> hey. Does uh does ninjutsu say you put it into play, right? Yeah. Does it say cast it? Nope. Nice. So you could uh there you like ninjutsu it into play and then you uh reflector mage it back to their hand and they're like, haha, sucker, it's back anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was my that was my video. Oh, I can I uh ah. Yeah. It, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It feels like, man, what if it, it had like some kind of Kira protection, like Kira Great Glass Spinner or something, right? Where it takes two, two hits to kill it or whatever, or maybe it like deflects the first one to yeah. like your face. Yeah, like Remember? so maybe it's a, a negative one, right? Where like the first one, maybe it's like called like reckless something mage where the first one like reckless mirror mage where like the first one he accidentally deflects it to your face it, like damage dealt to it or a spell dealt to it like deflects it like to a cre another creature you control or your face yeah and then the second one like hits it and it's a I don't know man it <laughs> Hurts him. Like a red, a red saboteur would be interesting if it was like whenever this deals damage, they take an extra, they get shocked as well. Like that would be cool. It's not really on the same axis as this, but I guess you're drawing a lightning bolt. That counts. Right. Yeah. It's just, now I still play Finkel because I have a, a hard time playing, not playing it. It's just such an iconic card. And like I said, I really am in favor of the museum aspect of cube that like, like getting cards to play alongside one another. And it's such an iconic card. Mm -hmm. And it's not terrible. Let's yeah. be honest. It's fine. It's. Not, I mean, there are certainly perhaps other cards you can, you know, play that are quote unquote better. But you know, it's fine. I, I, I'm not always like it's not a high pick anymore, but it's certainly a card that can you know run into. Uh, game situations where it's just it needs to be killed because it's just going to start piling up damage 
So it has a little bit of protection insofar that it's not a non-black creature. It's a multicolored creature, so that saves it from, you know, ultimate price. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. It, not that there's many shocks going around, so, like, the three toughness doesn't matter a whole lot anymore. But, you know, most of the removal spells kill it anyway. But, you know, it's got little things going for it. And also, you know, back when we used to have invitational cards, there uh, a lot of them were pretty sweet. Such yeah. as our uh, crack pack. That's about to say, there's a, there's a lot of. There's quite layer. a few winners among those. Some, not so much. I was about to say, it's like let me layers like onions. I don't know, Golgari Signet. T- 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, not so much. Yeah. So. I don't know. Just, just a thought. Just a, kind of one of those things of how something that used to be considered so good and that was such a. Uh, like one of the benchmarks of here's a really good creature in Magic has just really fallen by the wayside due to the way that the game has uh, progressed. Yeah, which is kind of it's interesting how like some cards like Hypnotic Specter were just iconic of like the early things in Magic, and it's kind of weird when I would play Chandelar and think you know like a lot of the you know just like knowing now, you know, just like part of me would think that cards like Sengir Vampire and you know, creatures like that were considered good because people didn't know any better. Right. But when I was playing it, I was like, man, these creatures are these creatures, whew, they need some work. <laughs> it's like, I guess we're playing Sengir Vampire. Right, so I, I think the best way to, to kind of replicate, to get an idea of where people were coming from, would be to go and play, uh, like, a bunch of games of 93-94. Yeah. That yeah. even under, like, current theory crafting and current, like, magic school of thoughts of how... Because, you know, magic game, you know, game play theory, game crafting, I don't know, however you want to put it, stra- magic strategy in general... Has you know we we are much more enlightened now with the way things work and, and what we want things to do, and I think still in those with the cards available and the things available, I I think some of those cards are still just fine. I don't know. I have to look through and find some ninety three ninety four deck lists uh, and see what the creature decks look like. But I was about to say I think I remember stuff like some kind of weird like mono black deck or something. Yeah, like, Erg Raiders. Yeah, Erg Raiders is the sickest back in the day, man. Yeah, two three, because like in the, in the land of the whatever, like the blind, the two three is king, I guess, maybe. Right. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, that card was actually. I mean, I remember that card was pretty solid. I remember playing like an Erg Raider Unholy Strength deck. Yeah. That had like discard spells. And misinformation, so you would brick like their next three draws too to make them put the cards back in their hand that they can't cast. Oh, nice! Wow. See, I was just thinking lands or something, just like cards that aren't that good. But I like that stuff. They just can't cast. You could, them like Torek or whatever, and you can just kind of put the cards they can't cast back in their hands, or if they can't cast things, just put lands back on top. That they may have discarded to your hymns or whatever. Yeah, like you nice. Just, like break a couple draws for them. It's like nice five drop, buddy. Like vir- virtual discard spell, you know. Yeah, that card was. I remember. I like Green Force or uh, 
misinformation. I remember the, uh, do you remember that? What's that card? Reinforcements? It was like the white version? Yes. That card was sweet. Not timely reinforcements, mind you. No. <laughs> just, <laughs> just replaying all reinforcements. No. Do you remember reinforcements? They were the little, like, circle stickers you put around your, uh, loose leaf pages so they wouldn't get ripped out of your binder? Uh uh-uh. uh. You but don't remember those? I think I, I well, I think I remember the, seeing those. Like, they were usually just, like, white or yellow or yes. something? So they're, like, they're, they're little, like, sticker rings. And you put them on your loose leaf papers or your three ring binder pages. So, so it when they get started torn to up. tear or whatever, so you couldn't, so it wouldn't tear out as easily. Oh, yeah, okay. Continue to tear. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they were called reinforcements too. I never knew they had a term. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were called reinforcements. Maybe I'm wrong, but I read my mind, I remember them as reinforcements. I like that. Well, if it's, if that's not official, it is now. I hope so. <laughs> Reinforcements. Oh, that card is sweet. So. All right. Uh, speaking of sweet cards that are white. Oh. Parallax Wave. Yeah. And it feels like that card gets underrated because it's a, it's a white four. Right. And here, here's the, here's the trick. It's one of the good white fours. Here's yeah. the, that's what you don't know. Psst. It's one of the good ones. <laughs> it's one of the really good ones. It's one of the really good ones. And like, you know, granted, as you know, we keep getting format of Wrath of Gods and, and, you know, some really ridiculous creatures at, at White Four and, you know, multiple Armageddons, but this card is ridiculous. And it's got a lot of, it, it's got some, some real flexibility too. Um, yeah. Also the fact that like you can play it as a curve topper in your aggressive decks. Like, yeah, you could play the uh, the three four that makes two tokens when you attack with it. Oh, hero, hero blade hold. Like, but sometimes you just need to remove their attackers and keep blocking, and it's multiple removal spells in one. Granted, they're temporary removal spells. However, they're they're going to be alive. They are removal spells nonetheless. They are out of the way. So, it also has like really cool like interactions too, like messing with combat, or just like you can't just leave a dude behind because they can just wave it out of the way or something. Right. It's and it's it's an actual like wrath you can play in an aggressive deck, which is nice too, because right. like, like why would you like playing a wrath in an aggressive deck is usually usually a sign of trouble. Well, and it gives you a tool against. It gives you, like, a really flexible tool against the mid-range decks uh, that you can get creatures out of the way and buy yourself the time you need to, to win the game. Yeah, like nice uh, Worm Coil Engine or whatever. Exactly, because they don't get the tokens for it, you know? Yeah. I I don't think I've really seen the blowouts happen where it's just, like, mid-combat disenchant or whatever, you know, just, like, some mid-combat blowout. Like, I honestly don't feel like that happens that often. In fact, I no. can't. I can't really remember the last time it did. No, and like, I, I, now imagine if if you played a card like Dromoka's Command in your cube, because you get kind of you get that crap in standard all the time, where like you're like, oh, by the way, this guy fights that guy, and blow up your stasis snare, and mm-hmm. this guy comes back, 
So bounce that guy and then block this guy. And you're like, oh, my God, what just happened? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're like, what? What on earth just happened? And then whenever I see that happen, and I go, huh, that might be pretty good in Cube. Yeah. And then I think, wait, Green White's insane. I was about to say, yeah, Green, like, what are you cutting for it? <laughs> right, but, you know, there, there's, there's certainly uh, blowouts of plenty with that one. And yeah. we can talk about that a little bit later and we get into, like, combat tricks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Whew. Yeah, this is like, and, wait, now I'm dead. But Parallax Wave is just so nice. Because, you know, the other thing, too, is you can play it in your aggressive decks to kind of keep clearing away. And you can play it in your control decks to buy yourself time, you know, to eliminate the bigger threats or whatever, to get them out of the way until you're ready to deal with them on a more permanent basis, which ideally you should have if you're a control deck. Yeah. Have you so, um, played it with Upheaval? Yeah, that one's also a nice interaction. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's real good. I've also, uh, you know, back in the day, you used to be able to stack damage and then wave your own guys out. Oh, yeah, that's gross. So you'd have some of those, too, where, like, yeah, some of their creatures were under it, but then you get to a point where, like, you start planning for, you know, like, life after, you know, life after retirement. And you start waving your own guys out, so when it finally goes, you know, wave a guy or your own two out, so when you have an opportunity, at least, like, you kind of are back on equal footing. Like, I've done it before where I've, uh, you know, waved, gotten rid of some things, you know, like, played a come-into-play ability guy, and then it's like, okay, well, I'll give up this wave one turn early and wave out my, like, Muldrifter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or this Necrotal, or, you know, or whatever, the the uh, the, the one that gives minus three, minus three, that's a 334 format. Skin Render? Skin Render. Yeah. Uh, you know, or something like that, like, yeah, I'll give it up one turn early, because at least this way I get some value back, because I'm going to then kill one of your guys that just comes back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so there's, you can kind of set yourself up for it that way, too. So, I don't know. It's just a really flexible, really good card that goes by a lot of people because it's an, certainly an older card. And then you just have, like, you you know, you have the, the, right, you're talking about the disenchant blowouts, too. Like, you have those corner cases where things like that could happen. Um, not usually, that it happens very often. I was about but, to say, I usually don't really. But, you know. There's also, you know, and there's so many come-into-play abilities now on creatures, there's a lot of interest to be gained there as well. Like, mm-hmm. interesting things can happen when you wave your guys out and they come back in or wave their guys out and come back in. It's, you know, this nice tension of, should I do this? Like, yeah, I kind of need to get their flame tongue cavu out of the way, but man, when that thing comes back, it's going to hurt. Yeah. I was going to say, you're getting, you're getting gotten, getting popped again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there's, there's, there's some interesting things about it. So that's a card I really enjoy to this day. And I think really, uh, holds up against its format at contemporaries. Yeah. One thing I think is interesting, too, is, like, you can do... You can wave your own things multiple times, or just, right, like... In response to something, you wave it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, like, oh, do it again. Again. Again, and just keep doing right, that. Like, no, seriously, I want it gone. No, seriously, I want it gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for real, I, I want it gone. And then you can do things like that, too, right? So if you really needed to come back and play, if you need the ability of one of your creatures to trigger again, you can just do it a bunch at the end of your opponent's turn 
wave your own guy out in response and response and response to tick all the counters off of it so you can get to come in the play trigger again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there, there's, you know, there's, there's things to be done with it. Yeah, which I think is really underrated. Right. Yes. Sometimes sure. when a card has so many options, it's, it tends to get kind of lost in there. All right, your choice. Pick a card. Any card. Pick a card. Any card. What about opposition? Ooh, another format enchantment. <laughs> I guess that's a theme. That's a card I think I didn't run for a while. I think, I think I was like when I played it. I think I thought of it mainly in the context of just blue control decks, which don't really have many creatures. Right. In kind of just ignoring the fact that you can just play it, and you can play it in a deck that utilizes it, like in, you know, a Simic deck or something, or use it as kind of a draft around rather than just, oh, this sucks in blue control deck. Mm-hmm. It turns out it's just stupid. Especially if you can get somebody locked down. That's just such a amazing slash awful feeling, depending on who you are. <laughs> right. Like, like what's that? Uh, master. I've definitely done it with Master of Waves, and it's and it's nice that it's gotten yeah, that card. Those two cards together are bonkers. Yeah, it, it's nice that Blue has a few of those token generators, like like uh, Master Waves, Maloku, Whirler Rogue. Whirler Rogue was a really nice add to that too, because it's just three bodies to just you know tap whatever during their upkeep or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of another one of those cards which seems very innocuous because it doesn't see legacy play and you know sometimes people forget about those older cards that don't see legacy play and it's just like oh oh this card's just stupid right oh I can't do anything right <laughs> I guess, oh I see I guess I'm just dead now okay I, I usually make them kill me I'm like what's you know maybe I'll draw some <laughs> you have an instant speed thing but no I, I usually just die but yeah, that's a really, I'm really hoping in, um, whatever the sets, the, whatever, Kaladesh, I don't know what it's actually being called when, when we're going back to that plane. Uh-huh. I think it's called like Kaladesh or something, but I hope that there's more Thopter cards like that, like, uh, Whirler Rogue and Thopter Engineer and P and Kieran, uh-huh. cause that'll really help those decks as well, but sure. yeah, just like Whirler Rogue. I'm I'm wondering if maybe that's an honorary card under this too, but just like that card, you know, both of those seem to do really well. Sure. Yeah, opposition is one of those. It's another again, another one of those cards that you don't realize how good it is until you play against it, and you're like, wait, what are you doing? What, what do you mean you're tapping my lands? Like, this is the most absurd thing I've seen. Like, it was like how glare of subduel didn't. Why like can you, you? Why can you do that? Like, that's not fair at all. Yeah. Yeah, like especially like. Glare of Subduel, they can only tap, like, creatures and lands. Right. And this one, just like, nope, you tap. Right, because Glare of Subduel, they're like, hey, remember Opposition? Yeah, that card was too good. Let's just try this. Yeah, this card's still going to be stupid in draft. But let's... And the card was still good in, in you know, there was the, the Gazi Glare deck. Or yeah, whatever. the Gazi like Glare token deck. That you just would, like, bore your opponent to death by not letting them ever have creatures that are, were untapped. And just slowly ground out tokens every turn. So, yeah. Opposition's a nice one. And again, one that, uh, 
you know, com- comes from the past a little bit. That's kind of hard to, uh, I-, I think, can be harder for newer players to evaluate based on the fact that this is not a card that has been printed in a very long time. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's for good reason. Printings, and you know, it, it was one of the. Uh, opposition was, you know, uh, Squirrel Opposition was one of the decks in that standard format, you know? It was very, very good. Yeah, it's like... It's like, hey, I'm gonna spend five mana and get five guys with this, uh, you know, this deranged hermit. Oh, by the way, time walk you, because you're not casting any spells, because we're certainly tapping all of your lands. Mm-hmm. Oh, before I pay Echo, let's get rid. Let's tap this deranged hermit and tap your other thing too. And oh look, it's another deranged hermit. Good yeah. luck playing anything the rest of the game. Thanks. Now you're now you're done. Good luck. Yeah. And then Flames on Tabu came out, and they're like, "Hey, you know what? Also is neat. This card is so good. We're going to put it in all the decks." Yep. Didn't all you see it was decks. played in like uh, upheaval decks too? What's that? Like a Flames on Kabu. Oh, I don't know. I just remember it breaking into squirrel opposition. Like oh, the wow. Deck became uh, the teamer deck, the rug deck. Hmm. Because Flame Tonkabu was that good. Because that so it killed good. everything. Everything. I will it kill. basically it basically stopped uh Finkel and uh the Haste Angel, the three four Haste Angel for four. Oh Lightning uh, Angel? Yeah, Lightning Angel from being like real magic cards. Wow. Yeah, those were. Yeah, I do like how pretty much it's just like all these abilities is like, nope, does it pass the test? Right. The, does it pass the? Does not allow your opponent to have a four two and a dead angel. Nope. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They're like, well, I spent three different colors of mana, and this has like sixteen keywords <laughs> and take three, and they're like, well, I'm gonna spend one color of mana and the same amount of mana overall. And uh, F your couch, and it's dead. And oh, by the way, I have a 4-2, so I'm actually going to do more damage when I swing with it than you did with your angel. So thanks mm-hmm. for playing. That was really nice and cute and all. Yeah, so, thanks for playing. What else you got? <laughs> that, that card was so flamed on Kava. That card's so stupid. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so another one was like, what were they thinking? And it's funny, like, that's one of the creatures, like, a lot of the old creatures have kind of faded away from cubes over the years. Like, there's still, obviously, the like, the really good ones, like Mother of Runes, will probably never leave cube. But just kind of as time goes on, just, like, the distribution of creatures are going down less, but, like, it seems like the mistakes are sticking around. Like, Flame Tonkavu is definitely a mistake, I would say. I think that's, I think that's safe. Yeah. It's funny, like, I think Skin Render was, I think, it felt like that was a safe version of it. Sure. And it just, I think I remember seeing play, like, in what, the, the Innistrad zombie decks? Yes. Yeah, it's all play in the, in the zombie decks a little bit, because you had, like, because, you know, you also got the interactions with, uh, it was also, I, I want to say, it was, might have been in the, that, yeah, that's right, it was like in the, whatever the, yeah, it had to be, the Gravecrawler decks, or whatever. Oh, okay. Blood Artist and Gravecrawler and, 
thing, you know, stuff of that nature. So yeah, it would have been the the the, the black red. There was, it was also like a black red vampires or black red zombies list or whatever too, right? That was oh, like yeah. an aggro deck that while Delver was around, while like the blue white Delver deck before, oh, yeah. like super super ridiculous. Like there was uh, there was some amount. There was like the uh, sometimes you just lose to the black red aggro deck or whatever the zombie deck. So mm-hmm. yeah, it had some of that in there too. Yeah. Ah, uh, the days. Yup. So, all right. Uh, let's see. What else do we have on this list of stuff we want to bring up here? Um, we're going to talk about it. Let's talk a little bit about Morph. Yeah? Let's kind of revisit Morph. Now, you know, we just had Megamorph, or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so uh, we certainly have, you know, some recent precedents. But, you know, there's some call for, like, the older Morph creatures. You know, you always hear the argument of, well, of course I know it's a Willbender, so I'm just not going to play this. Well, it's like, well, if you're not playing it, then it's done its job, right? Yeah, How have much. you found the new Megamorph creatures to be that you've played? And which ones have you played, and and uh, how much have you liked them? I've liked, I think Den Protector is definitely my favorite of them. Well, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a little bit of a no-duh. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, the other ones I've played, like, um... Like what? Hidden Dragon Slayer, like Iron Shaman, I still like. Even though I don't think it really ever saw any real constructed play, but like I don't really care because that card's still been very good. Right. Like Hidden Dragon Slayer has been fine. Uh, what's the other? The blue one, Stratus Dancer. Stratus Dancer. Yeah, I, I think I ended up taking out Silumgar's Assassin. Like I think it was fine, but like it was a bit when using it for the morph, it was a bit expensive for. What felt like a kind of a weaker ne- necrotal kind of thing, mm. and it had like a base. Like you could flip it over, like you could play it as a two drop. But most of the time, that's not something I would want to do. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the one I probably like the least. But out of at least the megamorphs, yeah, I like Stratus Dancer quite a bit. Yeah, I do. I am a fan of two mana, two one flyers. Hey, in keeping with consistency of our episodes, I just watched my cat catch and eat them off. Wow. That's... It, it flew into the air, he saw it, he jumped into the air, grabbed it out of the air with his feet, pinned it to the ground, and then finishing moved it and just ate it. Wow. That's some ninja skills. Yeah. Cats are pretty ninja-like. <laughs> that was pretty crazy. That was like, whoosh. He's just like, get wrecked, not <laughs> my house. In the in the house of Bobby, no one flies. It's like the camping with Tombo. No. <laughs> in the house of Bobby. No. I like it. Swatted it right out of the air. Yeah. Um, like um, that. Done. And he's walking away. Like he's walking away from the explosion without looking at it, you know. He just walked away afterwards. Like, yeah, that's right. It's like a Jay Bruckheimer film or something. Right, right, right. I guess his, uh, who's that guy? Michael Bay, the new Jerry Michael Bruckheimer. Michael Bay is the new Jerry Bruckheimer, right. Michael Bay films always have lots of explosions. <laughs> So anyway, uh, let's see. So morph creatures. So I've liked those. Um, I haven't actually never I was able to get a mega morphling. Oh, the blue one. Yeah, I, I tried that one for a bit. Never able to get a foil one, so I never had the chance to really try it. I tried it. It was okay. It was... I'm sure it's cheap, and I'm sure I can go find one. But I kind of like had forgotten about it at this point. Like yeah. now that I remember, I think I just need to make it. I need I to I remember... make a list of like, hey, here's all the cards I want to have access to. 
to put in my cube at some point that I've kind of passed over or missed because I've just never had an opportunity to pick them up and trade. Yeah. And just like trade in some bulk and just like pick them up or whatever from the store. I remember like I never really wanted to hard cast it. Like three blue mana just felt like a lot up front. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I thought it was okay. I just felt like I was doing a bit too much for not enough payoff. Sure. It felt yeah, like, like and I've been pushing the knives and I, I do like the uh devotion a little bit in blue and black. Mm-hmm. I kind of push that a little bit, so I was looking for ways to try to eat a little more out of it and not lose too much in other areas. So, like, with Mega Morphling, you get a little bit of Morph uh, Disguise ability. You get a little more uh, Blue Devotion for things like uh, the uh, the land that makes mana for Devotion plus uh, Master of the Waves. You know what I mean? Like, just trying to find little ways to... They kind of make things a little different, you know? Instead of just constantly being like, hey, I'm blue, I draw cards and counter your spells, do do you? Mm-hmm, and all yeah. the creatures, because they all have flash, and, you know, like... Yeah, like, oh so boy. Try to find something a little different to do, you know? Or, you know, I had Cor- I added Coral Helm Commander around the same time, because it's like, here's another, like, you know, reasonable card on its own that also happens to have, like, blue-blue and its mana cost, you know? So... Um, but, um, you know, I'm going to go back and try to pick that one up. Uh, what about the original morphs? Uh, which of those do you still like? Uh, or unpowered, uh, either or. Things like Exalted Angel, Bane of the Living, uh, you know, that uh, Willbender, those uh, those family of morphs. I think definitely, like, Exalted Angel is my favorite of, of those. Just because it's a lot of power. For the for the cost, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Like, um, I don't really have a lot. I think I just run one morph in each now. I think one in each color. Okay. But like, blistering firecat was fine when I ran it. Sure. Yeah, blistering firecat's another one. It's like a lot of power. It's just like attack, <laughs> like block. It's like okay, take trample over and take a bunch. I never really found that it dying at end of turn really mattering that much. No, seven's a lot of damage. Yeah, it either killed them or just traded up, and it was just like, okay, I was going to die anyway, so whatever. I've liked uh, Grim Haruspects. That card's been pretty nifty. Oh, okay. Like, as a black morph. Okay, so that's like, right, so that's that second generation of morphs then. Yeah. Cool. And I think I, I ran Inok, whatever... Uh, yeah, whatever. so I have uh, the, you know, both of the unmorphed disenchants. Yeah, the, uh, what's that, Nantuko Vigilante? Nantuko Vigilante and, uh, right, Inox. Survivalist? Survivalist, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. I kind of like those a little bit. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not a big fan of running actual disenchants and things like that. You know, I, I like my... Uh, I like my creature, you know, to be able to be left with something in addition to that, too. So I kind of like those a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. You just have a little bit more game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and I kind of like Morph as a mechanic a little bit. Um, and I like the fact that there's, you know, now I think in each of the colors, except for maybe with the exception of white. I'm not a huge Hidden Dragon Slayer fan. Uh, I still really like Exalted Angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
Uh, I like the fact that if you're in a color, even if you know if you're in a color and you play a morph, you don't know automatically like oh well that's going to be something that's going to like if, for example if you're a blue one, you're not automatically like well maybe all right maybe blue is a bad example. Um, well, like you're not going to automatically be like, hey, I know exactly what this is going to do. So I better not cast a creature because you're just going to kill it. And it's like, surprise, or like the green one's like, hey, I better not cast this uh, artifact because he's just going to flip up his thing and kill it. And they're like, oh, no, instead I'm going to rebuy this Rancor with my Den Protector and then attack you for five the next turn and you can't ever block it because you're, you're going to need a you know, very large creature to block and protect her now. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, there's a little bit of misdirection involved that they, even though they do similar things, like, you know, like I said, the blue ones are, you know, change, you know, Will Bender uh, or counter uh, instant or sorcery or whatever. So, I mean, they're sort of similar, um, but, you know, the black one is, hey, this is going to kill your creatures, and the other one is, what Grim Harvest Specs is, hey, do you really want to kill my creatures? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just so like it, it's kind of like you know, hey, do I really want to do this? So you know, at least there's a little bit of that. The hidden information does a little bit to obscure what the game state is going to wind up like in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a lot of. I wish there was more good morphs. Like it felt like there was in one of those commander sets. They printed one. It was like some weird, like siren kind of thing. It was like tap to make a creature attack or some thing or something mm-hmm. I was like uh, I don't care I don't care anymore this card snuck <laughs> but yeah it was it was interesting but yeah but yeah I, I think um, try to think of other ones like being a living I haven't played that in a while but I, I've kind of liked it when I did yeah, I dig it yeah because you're also you know just like opportunities you have to to do little little things Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and just kill enough things, or that you can kind of you know it becomes a combat trick a little bit, you know, like where you get to attack with things, and then maybe you just bane for one or bane for two, just enough to kind of like leave yourself with a board advantage, you know, like there are, there are little ways to 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 interact with with that card, and you know I, I dig it a little, you know I dig it a little bit. I still play because I don't know I do it. I, I do like morphs. Um, and I like kind of like what they add to it. And again, you know, I, I, I like the surprise, you know, addition of, of morph quite a bit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I think I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it again in the future. Um, but, you know, it'll pr- probably have to take a while, but, uh, I, I certainly think the, the mega morph creatures are all for the most part, pretty reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there aren't a lot of, Ones you see. Yeah, and you know, sometimes you just have to cast End Protector for two and start attacking. Mm-hmm. Because they can't block it or whatever, you know? Like, nice... Uh, Soldiers. Know. Right. It's like, cool. And you're dead. Right, like... Yeah, I like that those two-mana ones... Thing. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need to battle, like I said. Or sometimes you just are like, End Protector, and they're like, here it comes. Like, they're like, oh, okay, wall of omens. You're like, okay, can't block this guy. Yeah. I like spell skite. And you're like, hmm, nice try. Yeah, like, no. <laughs> Go spell skite. 
That card card's real good. Yeah, no spell Skype. Yeah, card's really good. Yep. <laughs> and it's not a defender, so you just get to attack with it sometimes. You're like, oh look, I found some pants. Hey, who know who likes pants? This little guy with the shiny teeth that nobody can barely see. He likes pants because now he's a two six. Yep. Which is a weird, weird power and toughness. But you know, he does all kinds of stuff when he hits. So. Yep. Let's say he could be a one five. But he deals <laughs> whatever. Untap all the lands. They discard. Or whatever. I know I keep saying this, but I really want another good equipment. But it, but it will not happen. <laughs> right. But, you know, I want to keep hoping. It will never happen nowadays. It just seems weird, though. There's, like, all these equipment matter cards in the past set, and I'm just wondering, like, what the payoff is. Oh, like the open uh, armory or whatever it's called? Like, hey, go get an ore or an uh, equipment. And you're like, okay, well, what equipment am I supposed to get? Yeah, or, like, Relic Seeker. Right. Or, like, that dude that, like, the three-man or the the white and red 3-2 that buffs your dudes as long as you have an equipment or something. All these bone saws. Yeah, like, is that... Is that it? Captain's Claws. Yeah, Captain's Claws or bone saws like is that what we're doing like i don't i don't know i, I really i i know i say it's yeah, like every episode so careful with equipment yeah they <laughs> don't think it could be so good like every time i think about playing aggressive decks in standard i'm just like ah i have like little dreams of like bone splitter being legal mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah or like, like could you imagine bone splitter in a legal in a format like we get to play like den protector yeah, or even just like in Monoid Humans, that seems like it'd be solid. Yeah, like here's this enormous thing that we can just move around. Like Griff's Moon is actually a really neat card, by the way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've had a chance to play with or against that card yet, but that card's way better than I than I thought it was initially. Yeah. Because, like, for one mana, you get a little power buff, which is fine, but you also get flying. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, flying um, and, is... And the fact that you can just rebuy it later in the game and put it on something is, like, you know, not quite as efficient as Rancor, obviously, but... It's still something. Easy. It's something. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and sometimes that's all you need is a little help from your friends, right? A little lift. Hey, man, mm-hmm. can you get me a lift? Sure, no problem. Like, Welkin Guide was always a very good card to draft. I mean, obviously too expensive for something like Cube, um, but Welkin Guide is a card that could like win you games out of nowhere because you're just like, well, we're at this ground stall, and all of a sudden you're like, by the way, this guy's too bigger and he flies, kill you. Mm-hmm. Like here's this here's this uh, incited rabble. Now it's flying. Right. That'd yeah, be great. Attack, but good thing it flies. That, is, that would be an interesting thing, a flying incited rabble. It's like That's this, an awful lot of wings. Yeah, I was about to say, it's a whole lot of, like, angry people that are just flying rubble, because rubble. of a bird, like, ah. Rubble, rubble, rubble. Like, why is that bird being so nice to those angry people? Because it's, uh... very angry, all, and they just got excited over some, like, stupid gossip, and now they're all angry, and mm-hmm. the Griff thinks that's okay? The I Griff, guess so. Griff don't care. It's just, it's, you know, it's always happy to give somebody a lift. Yeah, I guess. It's like Uber. Like Griff, the Griff's like Uber. It just gives a lift. It's happy to give a lift. 
<laughs> like rideshare program. With yeah. Cliff. All right. So uh, let's see. What else here do you want to do? You want to get on? What about Abbott or Carol Keep? Because hmm. we definitely underrated that card. I th- I believe. Yeah, and see, I actually I don't I don't think I'm playing the red uh, Megamorph guy because I think I just like Abbott better. I mean, just you can just play both probably, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, certainly Abbott is better than Inc., like than than Irish Shaman. Right. For sure. Right, as irate as he may be. And I do like the fact that Irish Shaman does have a cheap flip cost. Yeah. But it was one of those things where, like, had Irish Shaman a couple times, wasn't too thrilled about it, and then Abbott came out and played with Abbott. It's like, oh, yeah, this is actually what I want this card to do. Like, yeah. It was literally like, hey, this is what I wanted Irish Shaman to be. And mm-hmm. he got it, like, one set later. So, okay. Yeah, go figure. Like, it's it's interesting how Red is getting, like, the, I don't know, I've been calling it, like, YOLO draw. Where like you you can only get it till the end of turn or whatever. I guess like right, Elkin bottle. The, the, right. It's the other. Right, it's exactly it. It's the Elkin bottle effect. It's the bottle. Like, so like the the, the Chandra's got it, and uh, you know uh, what's his name? Alpo Siege. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like Alpo so, by the way, I like I actually like Alpo Siege. I I've been cubing with it for a little while to check it out. Mm-hmm. Again, it gives Red something else to do. So I so I I liked it a bit. You get to play a little more of like the red mid-range decks. Yeah. Which is not a uh, very often occurrence. Yeah. So. And, and it's it, like in the, like the flip ability, off. like the one where it kind of protects whatever it, the mini blood artist mode is kind of nifty too. Mm-hmm. It's like right. There are certainly times where you can you know spin that the way you want it to. So. Mm-hmm. I wish like the other ones, like the other sieges, were just a little bit more competitive, like Palace Siege. Yeah, like I, I feel like the Black Siege is one too that I was told is apparently pretty, pretty popular in like EDH. Huh. So, is there some kind of weird rider for like every player gets drained, or is it just one? Uh, what's it called again? What Palace select? Siege. No. Is that what it is? It is a Palace Siege? Yeah. Each dr- At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent loses two life, and you gain yes. two life. Yeah. So you're just like, at the beginning of my turn, gain six. Well, this one, you just... It seems like you just gain two no matter what. Because it says, at the beginning of... Oh, oh, okay. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you only gain two. Okay, fine. Everybody else loses two. Sure. But, like, it seems like a guess a clock for just, like... And then the other mode is at the beginning of your upkeep, raise dead. Yeah, it's not like the what's his name card. There's the card, the the spell shaper, right? That you uh, that you activate every turn and it drains everybody for two. Oh, yeah, siphon mage. Yeah, siphon mage. Yeah, that one actually gets everybody. You actually mm-hmm. gain all the life. But yeah, like it's you know, apparently it's popular in those type of things. It's just five mana. It's yeah, five, so much that yeah, five play. mana. Good lord. Like it feels like, I feel like I'd f- play it probably at four as like a weird like sulfuric vortex. Sure. But five, uh, I don't know. Five is a lot of mana, unfortunately. And it's loss of life and not damage. 
Oh, yeah, so you can't, like, get planeswalkers or something. That's true. Which is kind of awkward, unfortunately. Like, I can't just, like, ding the crap out of their planeswalkers. Yeah. Also, though, like, the damage can't be prevented in the same, in the same token. Yeah. Although you don't tend to see that that much, though. Like, no, not anymore. Yeah. No, no circle of protection. Right. Circle of protection black. I was gonna say, I was gonna say circle of protection green. <laughs> Those always seem so random, like the non Rakdos ones. Well, like right. Circle well, of protection. Right, those are the only ones they brought back. But, circle yeah. protection blue. Circle protection blue is easily the most awkward, right? Yeah, how the, I guess they can try to bounce it. But like circle C O P blue, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prevent all those prevent all those uh serendib beatings, I guess. I was gonna say like Mahamodi Jin or something. So yeah, fat modi. Yeah. Uh the fat modi. Yep. He used to be good. Yeah, I was about to say he And now you're so far out of contention no, for inclusion. Yeah. So far. Well, there was like, remember that thousand wins or whatever? That morph that just like bounces everything? Uh huh. And then like on the backside, like on the hard cast, I think it was Mahamodi Jin. I think it was like, I think it was five, uh, six mana for a five six. Let's uh-huh. double check that to be sure. That, that sounds about right, actually. Yeah, yeah, it was six mana for a five six flyer. And then you could flip it to just bounce whatever. All mm-hmm. other tapped creatures. Nice. Yeah, and that was a preview card, I think. Yeah, it was in Speed versus Cunning. Ooh. Yeah, it was like a preview card, and it was just nah. My my favorite part of Speed versus Cunning, because that's where you first saw Zergo Home Smasher, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. So my favorite part of that whole thing is that like, hey, I'm Zergo Home Smasher. I have like seven power and haste, and raw, I'm really good. And then I went into the past. I'm now this little weakling. That's actually just a way better magic card. Yeah, that, that one's just. I like the flavor. <laughs> the flavor text of uh, duress from. Uh-huh. Like, do you ever remember? Do you see that one? From dragons. Yeah. Let me see if I can find that one's good. Like, so you know, it shows Colagon like screaming like, and then or whatever, yeah. And like Zergo's just like, eh. and it says Sarkin was eager to take vengeance on Zergo. Until he saw how lowly his old foe had become. I was like, dang. Yeah, I was like, dang, he got burned. Poor Zergo. Yeah, except for, like I said, <laughs> just like a way better magic card now. Yeah, the Zergo Bell Striker is, yeah, definitely much, much better. <laughs> like, hey, you, look at you, you're just a poor weakling now. That sees infinite more play across every single format possible. Yep. And, uh, yeah, awesome. Which By the way, it's, it's kind of weird that there's just, like, not a red deck in standard right now. Yeah, it feels like it's because there's not really a good direct damage spell. Like, there's, what, Fiery Impulse and... We have an exquisite Firecraft. I guess it's, like, four mana. It's, a, it's like a sorcery. Like, yeah, three mana. Yeah, like, three mana and a sorcery. Like, three mana, four damage. But, yeah, yeah. there's not a whole lot of, like... Super efficient burn spells like there's obviously like no lightning bolt. Yeah, like it seems like, like a lot of them are just like. Space, but like you do have like a Tarkus command still. Yeah. You know, like you have this like go wide stuff that you can do, but you lost uh, the three mana make three tokens. Yeah. Card. That and wild slash. 
and you know, right, and you lost, you know, the actual shock. Yeah. And that was enough to like send it off kilter. And like, but we but we don't quite have enough red vampires yet to do a red deck that way. Yeah, and it feels like fucking like, Gorger, and you're like, Ooh. it feels like I it feels like maybe they're still trying to figure out like what to do with one mana burn spells because obviously like lightning bolt was an experiment to bring back that yeah, right. it's just you know that warped the format basically they had the flame punk effect right yeah like, that could possibly jam lightning bolt did yeah i was like oh we can't do that sorry <laughs> can't play that card that card's way too stupid it's like oh right yeah oops <laughs> yeah it was so it seems like there's stuff like Fiery Impulse and whatever, and like the weird Draconic Roar and whatever. Yeah, and like Draconic Roar, a very good card, because, uh, you know... It can be Searing Blaze. Correct. Except for, the, you know, even though there are some good dragons, like, and, you know, the 4-mana the 4-4 dragon that when you target it, you take damage, is also really good. It's just like this strange place where just like the white cards are so much better for attacking right now. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't have a, a, a legitimate place. Which is so weird because like in the past, red decks were so much better as attacking decks than white decks. Mm-hmm. And you have a Tarkus command. Yeah. That card's so stupid. Like, the card is so good that it's, you know, it's, it's worth its way. It's certainly a modern staple now in multiple decks and uh, worked its way into uh, you know, even, you know, I've seen legacy builds that kind of incorporated. I've seen uh, it was, you know, just a ridiculous ridiculous card in the standard version of the deck because you had all these tokens or whatever too. So it was mm-hmm. just like super high damage output uh Oh, I guess you also lost the uh, one mana haste with prowess, right? Oh yeah, so spear. So I guess you lost that guy too. You still have lightning berserker, and you still have Zergo. Yeah. Like you just like lost all these opportunities to to crack for a bunch of damage off of a single spell. But, yeah. Man, it's it's really weird how just like the red cards are just. Eh. Yeah. Neither neither here nor there right now, like. Like, I know they want to make Big Red more of a thing, but I'm wondering if it, like, a lot of that direction, like, it's kind of more that direction right now than before. Like, uh, what's that? Chandra Flamecaller? It seems like a big... Yeah, six mana, yeah, six mana charm. By the way, that card's sweet. Yeah, that card's real good. Like, I actually like it in cube, too. Yeah, it it does a lot. does a lot of damage. And it feels like that was that one where it felt like... It was underrated because there's not many other planeswalkers to compare it to. Mm-hmm. So people inevitably compared it to uh, Elspeth Sun's champion. Sure. And they were kind of evaluating on that. Like, you know, Chandra can't really stabilize you versus big dude, but Elspeth can. And I was like, this card's bad. Turns out it's, it's pretty solid. Yeah, it turns out that just uh, stabilizing you versus little guys... Is kind of where it's at with Chandra. Because yeah. you're just like, oh, either I have like six mana haste of attackers, or all your little guys are dead. Mm-hmm. And I still have a planeswalker. Yeah, let's say, and 
and yeah, like being able to just go after other planeswalkers is just really good with that. Just like, all right, six your do six your planeswalker. It's obviously not that great versus Elspeth's son's champion if it makes three dudes, but I mean, okay, sure. Well, and you know, that's a uh, a rare meeting of things nowadays. Yeah, well, mainly just for cube, right? Not really so much in standard. Unfortunately, the, the timelines do not do not align that well. Nope. Yeah, I'm. It is really interesting. Yeah, that Zergo is such. A, I think I think it's a very I, I guess iconic creature for now. Mm-hmm. Like how like red creatures and you know what I think it feels like that was a see how far we can push in a certain boundary like red one drops or something or you know two power or something right. i feel like they were pushing on certain axes and then you know it just turns out this card is really good but it's i feel like it was kind of an experiment so to speak right like but, hey yeah. do this thing and how do you like this it's like ooh. i was gonna say i like them apples <laughs> right how you like them home smashers <laughs> i like, like them bell ringers them bell ringers Bell. It's just ring the bell. Which, of course, you know, there's a 70s. Are you familiar with the 70s, too? Ring my bell. Oh, yeah, ring my bell, yeah. You can ring my bell. <laughs> ring my bell. I feel like we made that reference on the... On the... My bell. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. Woo! <laughs> I kind of remember doing that. Woo! I don't remember that one. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. <laughs> That's the best part of the song. The <laughs> can ring my bell. You can ring my bell. <laughs> All right, so next. Um, we've talked about more. We've talked about some different things. Okay, so uh, with Eternal Masters, <clears throat> uh, there's been, you know, uh, we talked about Coalition, Honor Guard, and Combat Tricks. And, you know, there's uh, Armadillo Cloak is back. Um, and you have, like, these great uh, combat tricks, things like Humble, things like uh, Shelter. You know, Shelter basically says, counter a spell, draw a card, or kill your opponent's creature in combat, draw a card, or can't be blocked, draw a card. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah this card is not that close enough for cube inclusion. Yeah, it's a pretty rough sell. Because, yeah, it just doesn't really... It's It seems like the window is a lot more narrow to play it. And they can just blow out in, in combat or something like that. Well, right. Well, just like the removal is so good now. Like... It's just so easy to get reblown out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, blow you out, and they're like, no, two for one, you instead. Or like Elephant Guide, right? So Elephant Guide's in this set also. And yeah. Elephant for a long time was a very solid cube card as well, because it's just like, hey, we're just gonna punish you for killing my guy afterwards, because I'm still gonna have a three-three. Also, my guy is now enormous. Problem is, there's there's so much instant speed removal now that's so good 
that it's you're kind of unless your opponent is tapped out, you're kind of taking your life into your own hands there. Yeah, or in these weird situations where you have to do it like you can do it post combat after just like make right. sure right the old got to make sure I get my value and it just like plays so far against type of hey the reason why I play this card is to do more damage so here's my opportunity to do more damage mm. we'll just save it till next turn yeah like yeah I guess I'll do it post combat right the old post combat elephant guide trick yep I've seen I've seen that with Griffin guide. Yeah, the so, elephant guy too. Yeah, it's just like, ugh. Like this is this feeling is the worst. This is this is for the birds. <laughs> this is for the birds. <laughs> yeah, it's it is weird how yeah how something like like these combat tricks. And, and I remember for a while like Stonewood Invocation was played in in at least a decent amount of cubes. Yeah, I mean I ran Stonewood Invocation for a little while. That's yeah. one second, right? So it broke up the opportunity to get blown out, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just a lot of mana, like four mana in the at the end of the day was just still just a ton of mana, unfortunately. Right, and you know, and the thing is, if I remember correctly, uh, I don't think it gave trample. Nope. Just plus five, plus five. Or did the remember might evokes? Was that the plus seven, plus seven? Sure was, for four mana. Where it had, like, the giant squirrel. Right. But no trample, which which always seemed weird. Well, you know, seven is what? I just can't remember, what is it, righteousness? Yeah, target righteousness, yeah. Gets plus seven, plus seven? Target blocking creature became huge, and... For, like, one white mana? Or no, it wasn't one white. It was yeah. something really cheap. It was one white. It was one white. Yeah. <laughs> So essentially, your your opponent's creature got super owned. And the art was just so weird. It was just like somebody like, kneeling down. I'm praying, right? Here's some light. Aww. Yeah, I guess which made them the super the super soldier. Does the super soldier sound? <laughs> there was a uh, there was a very good card in versus system called Nasty Surprise. Mm-hmm. That was basically. Um, uh, righteousness, but it was so much better in uh, in versus system because of the way the games played out. Hmm. So wow. nasty surprise was um, it was like a one mana, you know, one mana threshold, one resource threshold pump spell, and it basically said target defender uh, gets plus five attack for this attack. Hmm. And the way Versus System played out is basically what you would do, the whole point, kind of the, the way that Versus System combat worked, uh, is that you attack their creatures directly, right? Uh, and there, you know, there's some interactions with creatures where you can, like, help block and help do whatever. But what happened is that your creatures would attack other creatures directly. Um, if you had, if you killed their creature, like, in magic terms, right? Like, if you were to block or whatever. If you killed their creature, they took damage um, basically equal to the converted mana cost of the creature that got killed, plus whatever trample. Oh, wow. So, uh, and then there were ways to mitigate what would have been trampled. They called a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. But there were, there were ways to mitigate that. 
Uh, there were lots of ways to mitigate the trample. And also, but you could do things, too, where you could team attack creatures as well. So if you're two guys, if multiple guys had the same team affiliation, like they were both team titans, mm-hmm. you could send two guys into one of their bigger guys. Hmm. Now, when you do that, that doesn't cause any trample. But, you know, basically your guys would get stunned and their guy would flip over, right? Uh, so what the, basically what the whole point, the whole goal of versus system, the way combat typically worked, is that you wanted to take your little guys and stun their big guys. So you wanted like off, like giant growths and things like that were very good. Mm-hmm. Because you can get like your two mana guy to stun their five mana guy. And then you would take your five mana guy, which was like a nine nine, and attack their two mana guy and cause like, you know, five points of trample, basically. Or like six points of trample. Huh. So you wanted to attack your little guys into their big guys, and then their your big guys into their little guys. Yeah. So what Nasty Surprise did was is they would Go to, and you know, the whole point of doing that too is that you get to trample over and you kill their, you know, you flip their guy, but your guy doesn't flip, so you get to keep it next turn. Mm-hmm. Basically, what happened is, is out of all the creatures that get stunned and turn face down, uh, typically you're only allowed to keep one of them. All the rest of them die. Hmm. You're only allowed to recover one. So if you have four creatures that are all stunned, killed, or whatever, turned face down, at the end of the turn, when you recover, you can only you only choose one to keep, and the rest of them go away. So typically, you kept your biggest one. You yeah, know I mean? that was kind of just like from a basic gameplay standpoint. So basically, when you were when you had initiative, when it was your turn to basically act first, you would take your little guys and flip their big guys over, and then you would take your big guys and flip their little guys over, and then they would you know, and you do a bunch of damage. You would keep your big guy and you know one of your small guys. Uh, and then you would, you know, uh, they would have to only could keep, like, their big guy. So what Nasty Surprise did, Righteousness, basically, did was when they attacked their big guy into your little guy, you got stunbacks on their big guy. Hmm. So okay. you basically stole the initiative of them being able to keep more creatures than you going into the following turn. Huh. Because your little guy got to stun back. And also, you know, they would take stun damage then as well, too. So it's yeah. kind of a way for you to steal initiative back a little bit by not allowing them to do that. So, hmm. so yeah, like pump spells were the prime thing in that game. They were very, very important. Because you're just, just got so much payoff. There's so that. much, like, creature combat. And, like, maintaining board presence was very, very important. So... Wow. So yeah, with that long aside on the game that we're not podcasting about, <laughs> about a card that nobody really plays, Righteousness. <laughs> <sighs> yep. Anyway. Yeah, it seems like a lot of combat tricks kind of... So yeah, like so like all these combat tricks and auras are just kind of... Now, because it's just... They're just ways, they're just invitations to basically get blown out nowadays. So... That's kind of just the way it is. Yeah. It is. It seems like a lot of them are kind of like uh, Dromoka's command or the, uh, one of the other commands. Like, 
Dromoka's, uh, what was that? Atarka's Command, mm-hmm. where it just has, like, benefit outside of just being a pure pump spell. Correct. And I'm wondering if that might be something. Like, I wish there was a card, like, and I'm probably thinking about it because the Popper Cube Sylvanmite. Yeah, the one that gives Trample and has Flashback. Yeah, like that card. Yeah, it was just an EMA, yeah. Yeah, I, A, I'm really excited because that card got downgraded uh, to common. Right, and gives Trample, which is huge. Mm-hmm, yeah. And stuff like that where I'm wondering, like, what, you know, something like that or just, like, some kind of, like, draw card or something or, you know, something that makes it worth it. Because, like, so many, much of the time it's just, like, I'll cast this and, like, kill it. It's, like, awesome. Yeah, good job. Sweet. That was, that was great. <laughs> ah. a, glad I put this in my deck. I like Vine. I think Vine's was... It was seen. I remember seeing it back in the day, like in, I guess around like maybe five or six years ago, when Vines of Asswood would see playing cube, and you don't really tend to see that in play in cubes anymore. Right, and that's but that's you know probably like the last line of defense, like at this point. And the reason why is because you just have like multiple modes because it functions as a counter spell as well, mm-hmm. and in a pinch, like can counter your opponent's spells. Yeah, or just like, to, like give your dude positive things to their own guys. Yeah, or give, like, your guy, or give a dude, I guess I'd say kind of, but not quite hexproof for, like, one mana, which was interesting, too. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's like, all kinds of really interesting interactions with uh, with that card that go beyond just, like, pumping your own guy. I wish uh, there was, like, a good green charm, which just, like, had that as, like, like a, you know, something like that, where it's just, like, choose, like, boost or something, as it, like, the plus two, plus two, as being part of a mode on a card. Like, that'd be cool. And But I guess there's some other ones, like, uh, what's that, Great Oak Guardian? You played that in Cube yet? No, I have not. That's a nifty one. I'm looking it up right now. It's also an uncommon, which is nifty. Great Oak Guardian. Let's take a look here. So six mana, Jesus. Flash, Reach, four or five, when it comes into play... Creatures get plus two, plus two, and untap them. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, that card's an awesome combat trick. Yeah, just like wrecked. Getcha. Like, the only problem is... Six mana. <laughs> like, all of the... Oh, yeah, all of, like, the untap your creatures and they get bonus cards, you know, they're a uh, glare of uh, submission. Is it The one that you get the basic land search with from the first Modern Masters. It was in the world. Oh, man. Uh, uh, oh jeez! I was gonna say I was gonna say glare of subduel, but no, we just we just talked about the card. Man, probably something like. Well, it's not glare. It's you know untap your creatures and they get plus one plus two until end of turn. Yeah, it's the white one. Right, the white one that cycles for uh, for lands. Gleam of resistance. Gleam of resistance. That's it. What kind Where of name is Gleam? Gleam of Resistance. Gleam. But anyway, yeah, like that card, so like all those cards are so good in typical limited, mm-hmm. especially because it's just like, it generates a lot of damage out of nowhere. It does, you know, like all of, I like all of the, there, there's a, a lot of the tricks that's like, untap your guy, it can't be, it's indestructible to end the turn, or untap your guy, it gets plus two, plus two, or whatever, and it's just like, getting to play both ways, like offense and defense, and mm-hmm. get the buff is just so important. 
And, you know, the global ones certainly work better. But, you know, Glare of Subdual is not cheap. Yeah. I'm not Glare of Subdual. God, Gleam of Resistance. It's like yeah. 5 mana or something obnoxious like that. But it's so good that it's worth it in regular limited. It's really tough. It's really, really tough to to play cards like that now um, that target only one of your creatures. It's very hard. And the problem is, is that with pump spells, you want to use them proactively. And the way things work now, the better tricks are actually reactive. Yeah. Like when it comes to stuff like that with instant timing, it's always almost always better to be reactive than proactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's... And it's kind of unfortunate. Like, it's one of those historical strengths in green. You know, just like those kind of pump tricks, and then just so many of them are just, like, kind of eh. In, in you know, in regular cubes. Yeah, I just... I really hope there's an, a good one like that, like... I really would hope there's a good green charm that has a, although, good luck, <laughs> I guess, or a commander right. confluence or something. But then, them's the breaks. Was there another one of these you wanted to, to bring up? Well, let's see. Uh, oh, speaking of combat tricks, what do you think about, like, the one black mana removal spell? So, uh, Disfigure and Tragic Slip. I'm more interested in Tragic Slip. I don't know why I haven't run this figure yet. I feel like that's a card I want to run, but I just haven't. Mm-hmm. But I'm more interested in Tragic Slip because I, you know, I tried to run the three mana burn spell that became a five mana burn spell, and it just wasn't good enough. Oh, what was uh, that? Uh, oh, what was that? Brimstone Valley. Yeah. Yeah. That card just wasn't quite good enough, and, and some of the other morbid cards. But for one mana at instant speed, where you certainly can kill some things for one mana, mm-hmm. but just the blowout ability of being able to spend that extra one mana and kill virtually anything. It is very awkward, happy. like you can't get rid of attackers, like if you're on the offense. Right, unless, unless they're out of the way, then it's... Or something, right? Yeah, or just like some big idiot, like something like that. It's usually like, do it after combat, you know, after the dust settles, kind of, kind of thing, which is... Which is interesting. I think the ceiling is definitely a lot higher on Tragic Slip. I guess it's kind of obvious. <laughs> you, I mean, do you have uh, do you have any experience with Tragic Slip? I think I played in Popper Cube. I never played in my regular cube. How do you like it in Popper? It's all right. I have a lot of like cards like Nanhuko Husk though, which help it. You just like sacrifice a random idiot and then Tragic Slip something. Mm-hmm. They both kind of go in the same kind of design, like deck space where it's just like kill a random thing you just like cheap insert cheap spell that kills something but i think i like tragics it more i think i've liked it more but they're both they're both solid i like how they're both combat tricks but i don't know if i've used either of them as combat tricks that often okay but it's nice when they do sometimes you get the combat blowout kind of thing which kind of helps tragic slip act as a removal spell when that works if the if the stars align that way, which is cool, yeah, I don't know. It's nifty. All right, fair enough. That's that's my rating. It's a it's a nifty out of ten. Uh, what about like speaking of old cards that used to be really good? What about something like Trade Wind Rider? Yeah, I I don't know. I remember trying that recently. 
like trying it again recently. It's just really slow. I think that was my main like, issue. I remember like literally I remember being like trade win locked in like uh standard tournaments. Like to give you an idea how slow standard was, like mm-hmm. and, and like trade win rider was like that magical like fifteen dollar rare too. Like it was expensive. Yeah. And like like what do you mean you can bounce any one thing that I do? Like, man, I have to do like multiple things in the same turn now. Man. It was like uh like getting capsized locked. Right. Right, it, it, it definitely felt that way. Now, granted, uh, capsize lock is something that can certainly still happen in cube drafts. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know about, you know, Tradewind Rider. I, and I've heard some people, you know, relate to me that they still think it's decent. Um, but I haven't tried it in forever. But, man, I just feel like, you know, again, that just like the, the creature quality has sped up so much and and accelerated so fast. Yeah, it's, it's really difficult to play a creature like this and 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 have it be able to compete with what's going on. It's just yeah, it felt like the last time I tried it, it was just really slow. Like it required four mana and not being able to do anything, and requiring it plus two creatures. It was just really slow. I think even like when I tried my own cube end in like Moto Cube, it just felt kind of clunky and slow. And I don't know. I think I used to like it before. I think I liked it back. And, you know, like, early iterations of my cube, but, yeah, it just is one of those things where, because things have just sped up considerably, and, you know, there's less time to just dirtle around or whatever, and it's not the most resilient threat either. Like, I guess if you untap with it, it can protect itself by bouncing something. But it, like, can't attack and, you know, use its ability. Yeah. Yeah, it... It just took a lot to make it, like, compared to this to, like, uh, opposition, you know, what we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. where it's just like you're playing a bunch of creatures, and the payoff for that is certainly a lot better in that respect. And you don't need, th- you know, three creatures out to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. It just, just play one, and then have it survive. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think the last time I tried Trade Moon Rider, I was just eh on it. Which, yeah, it's kind of crazy, because it was, when it was in Tempest, in Constructed, it definitely was one of those, and I'm trying to remember what deck, like, played it. Yeah, it was just a, a sort of lock deck, if I remember correctly, and I just remember, like, yeah, and I'm pretty sure it was it had to be a token deck of some sort. Yeah. Have enough creatures to play it, so I don't know if it was, like, a blue-white deck with, like, uh, Outpost. It's been so long. Yeah, I, hmm. I feel like I want to Google this. Let's see. Ah. There's a deck, Tradewind Rider Armageddon, maybe? Oh, okay, sure. Devising it all Tradewind Rider. Ah, hmm. I don't know. Let's... I feel like it was in one of those World Championship decks that had, like, the... It was gold-bordered. That like had the signatures or whatever. Mm-hmm. It but, was certainly. Uh, Tradewind Rider and Survival of the Fittest. Yeah, Trade Survival. Yeah, Tradewind Survival. I do. Okay, yeah. Okay, now I remember. Okay, let's see. 
Yeah, ATS, Angry Tradewind Survival, is a prison-slash-lock deck based around Tradewind Rider and Survival of the Fittest. So I guess I guess that was it. I guess that was the deck. 2004, Survival of the Fittest, E-Tutor, Brainstorm, Force of Will, Quirian Ranger, E-Wit, Seedborn Muse. So I guess this was sometime later. This was 2004. Right, and Quirian Ranger... Is the one you get to untap your creature by returning a forest to your hand. Yeah. So. Weed, Genesis, Massacre, Orangutan. Yeah, so I guess it just had like a toolbox of stuff right. to get with survival. Right, right, survival, right, because the first survival is always for Squee. Yeah. And then after that, you basically, yeah, I mean, I, I played a uh, Squee survival deck and extended for a little while. Okay. And then, right, you you would get the Mastercore as well. You could just discard it to Mastercore instead. Yep, nice. <laughs> yeah, that was... And I would assume even back then, like, it was still probably a pretty grindy deck. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mystic Snake, Rafelos. All right, so I found a, uh, a deck list from uh, Pro Tour Chicago in 99. Wow, and uh, and it, it's like the top thirty-two decks, and I think there's a trade win rider deck. Huh. Okay, so Raphael Levy. Wow. Was made top eight. Here was his deck. Uh, birds. So four birds, four wall of roots. Uh, two of. Merfolk Looter, Lanor Elves, Quirion Rangers, Squee, and Tradewind Riders. Uh, and the spells were like Arcane Denial, Fire Whip, Force of Will, Opposition, Survival, Vampiric Tutor, Winter Orb. Also had, and then it had like a bunch of toolbox creatures. It had a Gitu Slinger, a Gilded Drake, Monk Realist, Peacekeeper, Radiance Dragoons, Sliver Queen, Uktavi Orangutan. Wow. It was a 16 land constructed deck. What? Four, four City of Brass, four Savannah, two Taiga, two Trop, two Undiscovered Paradise. Because it had four Bop, um, two Lanawar Elves main. So, wow. And, and four Wall of Roots, but you still need it. So it heavily relied on drawing mana creatures. Jeez, yeah. Was that during the old mulligan rules where you could only mull a no right, right, I think, so this is 99... So this is probably the all or none mulligan. Paris, I don't think it was uh, it was not a mulligan rule yet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, sixteen land, Jeez. no fetch land format. Nope. You know, and you know, with three mana cards that you want to cast and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know how that works. I guess it's everybody cheated. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't think Raphael did, but oh, I know. I'm just uh, being sarcastic. But. It's certainly, I mean, it's, it's the deck is certainly low to the ground, but it's yeah. not like as low to the ground as, say, uh, you know, like a Rug Delver deck, where all the threats are ones and twos. You know, basically every spell in the deck costs one or two, and you have, like, free counter spells and, you know, all other kinds of nonsense. Yeah. So. Wow. That is, that is quite the deck. Huh. That's... <laughs> wow. Yep. Good old... Looks like um, uh, Messiah Mori, 
also played a Dreamwind Rider deck with Academy Rectors. Now, so he's playing Academy Rector, Granger Guild Mage, Krobican Horror, Necrotal, Phryxian Plague Lord, so much higher curve, Spike Weaver, Spike Feeder, things like that. That was a Rexer deck. Huh. Had Tradewind Rider. For Recurring Nightmare for Survival of the Fittest. And only ran 18 land. Wow. Here's a more typical one. Here's a uh, blue-green deck that finished 23rd at that Pro Tour. Four Bop, four Deranged Hermit, four Ophidian, four Tradewind, four Wall of Roots, four Impulse, four Opposition, three Force, three Winter Orb, one Lottower Elf, one Pygmy Hippo, one Octavia Orangutan, and one Wall of Blossoms. Wow. I feel like that was one of the the gold border decks. Here's another Bram, is a Bram Snapbangers deck. Oh yeah. Place that's another Rexer deck. Jeff Cunningham played Rexer. Wow. Place. Yep. Huh. Oh yeah, Raphael Levy's deck. Yeah, had Winter Orb in it too. Oh, there we go. Did they have a way to tap it? Uh, well, yeah, you, uh, you had a. Uh, you could return it to your hand with, uh, with uh, trade with right. That's true. You had opposition, so you could cast opposition and then cast your own and tap your winter orb at the end of turn. Huh. Nice. But you know, you have three. You know, you have oppositions in the deck with only you know four mana, four mana spell with only sixteen lands mm-hmm. <laughs> and some mana creatures. Yeah. Go figure. Granted, creatures had a much longer lifespan at the time. I was about to say, yeah. W- winning the whole tournament was the Sliver deck. Oh, was it Counter Sliver? Uh, it was, in fact, Counter Slivers. Nice. 20 Slivers, uh, Counter Spells, Demonic Consultations, two main deck Disenchants, four Forces, two Misdirection, two Swords, 23 lands. Wow. That's... That's something. Alex <laughs> Homer finished in second place with a Tinker deck. <laughs> nice. Yeah, there's some. Uh, third place was a Skittering Scourge Necropotence deck. Hmm. By Brian Davis. Oh, okay. Dirk Baborowski, fourth place. Bob Marr Jr., fifth place. Tony Dobson. There's a name for you. Sixth place of that Pro Tour. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of... Tenth place, Yelger Wiegersma. Eleventh place, Pat Chapin. Wow. Twelfth place, Landy Ho. Wow. Thirteenth place, Worth Wolpert. You know, <laughs> in charge of Moto. Yeah. Fourteenth place, John Finkel. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of names. Eighteenth place, Justin Gary. Nineteenth place, Ryan Fuller. You know, a lot of names that are very easily recognizable now. Mm-hmm. So, kind of neat. Jacob Slamer. Yeah, I remember that one. 25th. Snap Vangers was 26th. You know, a lot of, a lot of names. Pete Gavin, 29th. Cunningham, 30th. So, kind of neat. Wow. So, yeah, there's your uh, Tradewind Rider lesson. By the way... People's like cube decks would probably beat a lot of these decks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe not this Tinker deck, but. Yeah. Some insane. 
I, I don't know how this. I mean, I, I guess I understand how the Sliver deck beat the the uh, this Tinker deck, but this Tinker deck is insano. Yeah, most of those were. <laughs> Tinker's so stupid. Cards real dumb. Any other cards in this list? Do you want to uh, you want to get to? Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any others like Smokestack and Braids as build arounds. It feels like we haven't gotten one of those kind of cards in. Well, ever. Like, there hasn't been a card like that that is kind of a, kind of a symmetrical, like, prison kind of card, but I assume that's intentional, because right, those kinds of cards are not fun for people. Right, because the point is is to break the symmetry, right? Now, we've gotten some break-the-symmetry cards. We've gotten things like Ophiomancer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that can help that break the sy- symmetry break, of that kind break, of card. Help break the symmetry, exactly. So... Uh, you've gotten some stuff like that in recent, in recent memory, if not necessarily more cards of that archetype. Although, you know, just getting a reprint on, uh, uh, Braid's Cabal Minion is nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Chance to, to, to pick up a cheap one if you haven't already. Cause that card's really good. That card is, yeah. I think I should get a foil of that one of these days. Oh, it's gotta be cheap now. I was gonna say, probably, probably quite cheap now because of, uh, because of EMA. Yeah, I, mean, I can't imagine being that. And it's banned as a commander, so it's not like you can play it there. That's true. Doesn't really have a home, aside from cube. I mean, I think it probably sees commander play just as like a card in the deck. But I was about to say, is that a thing you can do? Just not allowed so, to play it as a commander. I thought that changed, but I don't know. I don't remember. Apparently, full ones aren't super cheap. Let's see. They're a wide price range. Let's see. So you could pick up a near mint foil on TCG Player right now for four dollars and seventy five cents plus fifty nine cents shipping. But for EMA, for an EMA foil braids, hmm, not bad. The median is thirteen fifty six, but the low is four seventy five with fifty cents shipping. Wow! Yeah, the race to the bottom, baby. I was about to say. <laughs> Except for, for all the cards that I want for my cube to pick up and foil the first time, those cards are, uh, yeah, force of will. Those cards are all uh, going the opposite direction. Yeah, they're just going up. Yeah, the only force of will foil force of will available on TCG Player right now is five hundred dollars. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Mana Crypt foil one seventy five. That's Caracas, less than I would think, actually. Rockus foil one fourteen, yeah, shipping included. Huh. Uh, Jace the mind sculptor about two hundred hmm. foil. Uh, Wasteland foils seventy seven, pretty cheap. That's not too bad. Vampiric tutor eighty three foil. Sneak attack forty four foil. Top fifty five foil. Yeah, but there's a bunch of cards that you know like. Uh, would really like to be able to get uh, Dak Faden down to 147 foil. How much is Winter Orb foil? Uh, I think that's up around 50. Also, I'm taking a look. Oh. I'm kind of going through here to try to find the Gamble foil, 45. Oh, yeah. Oh, let's see. Sinkhole foils are only 20. Maelstrom Wanderer only has two foils listed, and they're both 45 or 50. Jeez. Shardless Agent Foil, 36. Hmm. Which is one of the ones that I'd like to get, because they're really expensive. There are no Toxic Deluge Foils available on TCG Player. Wow. 
No foils available. Are there any Baleful Strixes? I'm looking here. That's another one I, you know, certainly would like to pick up, but... Let's see here. There was another card that was sold out, and I, for whatever reason, my eyes slipped right past it and didn't see it. Anyway, so, you know, if there is a time to pick them up, if you want foils for your cube, by the way, now is probably the time, because there's not going to be another big supply that's going to enter the ecosystem. Yeah, that's true. So if you want that foil braids, man, I would go ahead and and, and push for it now. Uh, foil Strix, 53, 54 foil. Oh, my. Yeah. Winter Orb, 46, 43. Oh, there you go. Jeez. Yep. Wow. For a card that, like, nobody wanted for the longest time. You know, now that there's a foil, it's like, oh, crap. Yeah, hey. Hey, look at this. Wow. So, hmm. Quite a, quite a, uh, a bit of demand for it. Days Foil, 35, 36. Huh. That's not bad. Yeah, I, I picked up one in, in trades the other day. Nice. I just refused to get old ones because they're so prohibitively expensive. I had a set of them but wound up uh, trading them away years ago. Nice. But now I'm just kind of like, hey, whatever. I thought you were going to say because the art is ugly. And I'm like, I could see that. Ah. Because, like, Gerard is just, like, has that look, that that dazed look. I don't know. The new one's kind of generic, though. The yeah, the no, new one's super generic, that's for sure. Like, whoosh. Something magical is going on. Like, it doesn't even look dazed. Yeah, it just looks like, oh man. My favorite card like that, though, is the uh, F&M Remand. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good like one. Where it's like the, the bounce-back spell just, like, blowing up the dude's head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh, pretty amusing to me, so... All right, uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, what about something like, you know, you mentioned Zealous Conscripts also. So here's the thing about Zealous Conscripts. Ready? I'm going to I'm gonna give you my opinion of Zealous Conscripts. It's uh, really good. More than any other single card in my cube, it is the last spell I cast before winning a game. Yeah. Like, there's no other spell that I cast and then wind up winning the game more than Zealous Conscripts. Yeah. It closes games more than any other card. Would you say it's, it steals wins very often? Uh, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh. yes. <laughs> well, it's not even that necessary that... I, I mean, I appreciate the pun. But oh, it's yeah. not necessarily that steals wins like, oh, I was going to lose and now I win. No, it's like... Oh, it looks like he's going to start to stabilize, and you know, and that's like, oh, no, never mind. You're just dead. Yeah, just like no, you're you die now. You're just dead. Thanks for playing. Yeah, and it steals such a wide variety of things. Yeah, like it's stealing planeswalkers pretty, pretty uh, unprecedented. Yeah, it's pretty obnoxious. I also still really like word of seizing. Which is, you know, the inst- five mana instant speed version of this with split second. Mm hmm. Yeah. I still really like that card as well. I wish it was. I wish the Phyrixian uh, Steal a Creature one was better. Was that like something with anger? Like, it has an elephant. Active aggression? Active aggression, yes. It costs four Phyrixian mana, uh, two Phyrixian mana, so four life to, to tear. Yeah, it's an instant speed, right? Take control of the creature. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was a cyborg card, and sometimes in the Splinter Twin mirror. Oh, wow. Wow. That's nifty. Huh. Wow. That's that's some tech. Yeah, I wish that card was a little better, but yeah, I really like like Azel's Conscript. I mean, it also combines with Kiki-Jiki, if that's something you have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, re- I really like Zealous Conscripts. It's I wish there was a oh like a you know it's probably just you know pipe dreamy but maybe like a four mana version that just was a little smaller and had a little bit smaller range of stuff to heal just to make a yeah. smaller version of it. But I mean this guy's still really good. And here's the thing, it's a four four haste. What's three three? Oh right? whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's still a sizable body. <laughs> sizable body for this kind of effect on top of it, too. Why don't I think it was a 4-4? I, regardless. It's not a 2-2, two, two, yeah. you know? No, yeah, so many of these things, it's not a 2-2. Two, two. So many of these things are just, like, value 2-2s two, or whatever. Right, that's, like, the generic size for creatures that have good abilities when they come into play. It's like, oh, let's make it a 2-2. Two, two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that way it's not, like... The clock is somewhat significant, like it's not a 1-1. One, one, yeah, the three damage is real. Yeah. Especially if you're going to cur- like go, okay, how much you want? Do your 11, steal, steal your Titan, steal your Inferno Titan. <laughs> I don't know why the Inferno Titan... I guess it didn't kill the Zealous Concepts because it wasn't out. <laughs> that's, that's why. And then you die. Yeah, I really like that card. It's and definitely the more planeswalkers we get, the better it it will be. But it's definitely a definitely a good card. By the way, full surfuric vortexes are down to about four dollars as well. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. That's not yeah, that's not bad for a foil. Right. Uh, full unexpectedly absent, however, still about seventeen. Oh, foil geez. worn power stone about twelve. So there is a now's the time, folks. If you want them, yeah. Now's the time. I'm surprised it unexpectedly has for being seventeen dollars foil. Well, it's the only time. It's the only one out there. Yeah, that card's a good one. Felt like it was like got previewed. There was a lot of hype for it, and I I still really like it in cube, but it just I I thought it was going to do something in legacy and never did, which is. Nope. Well, that's the reason why, uh, what's his name is so much, uh, why Winter Orb is so much, is like the, the meta is getting warped enough now that like the Rug Delver decks are starting to play like main deck Winter Orbs to help combat the Miracles. Miracles? Decks. Wow. Like I have, uh, Winter Orb or two in my sideboard, but they're actually just starting to run at main. Cause it's like, well, crap, I don't ever need more than two lands. It's, I mean, it makes sense in yeah. a way. Because, I mean, it certainly disrupts quite a few decks. Yeah. But. Wow. Huh. That's pretty awesome. I never heard of that tech. That's pretty cool. But, like, you know, Miracles, like, it's, it is rare now to play in a Legacy tournament and not play Miracles at some point or another. Yeah. It is a, it is a very, uh, it is uh, ubiquitous. Yeah. There's always a Miracles player or more. Mm-hmm. And, the the deck is uh dumb right you know very powerful but you know it's for whatever reason 
the control deck is almost like the welcome to the format deck. Like I'm finding a lot of people I meet who like their first legacy deck is miracles. Huh. Wow, that's surprising. But it makes sense. But I think there'll be some other kind of. I'm trying to think of what else would it be though. Like, welcome to the format. Play storm. <laughs> so like the other thing with you know the other thing with the uh, miracles deck too is you know you just had uh, a bunch of fetches that came out. And you don't really need a ton of the dual lands. Yeah. You don't need, like, full sets of duels to play the deck. Because the deck keeps running more and more basic lands because you don't want to get screwed over by Wasteland. Yeah. So uh, so the deck actually runs quite a few basic lands. And the fetches just got reprinted. So you have access to, you know, quite a few of the fetches for not that much money. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Most of the spells are not that much. Like, the actual Miracle spells themselves are not expensive. No. Like, Top is expensive-ish, you know, and now it's even cheaper. Calor balance, not that expensive. It's expensive for an uncommon, but mm-hmm. not exactly what I'd call that. Like Swords to Plowshares, Counterspell, or, you know, Force of Will is probably the, the most expensive card in it, but if you're getting into Legacy, you probably want Force of Wills anyway. Yeah, because you're going to play That's a fine in. place to start. Yeah. So, it, you know. Does it usually play four of? Forces? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I was about to say, I'd be surprised if it didn't be a... Cards are very rare to play as a 3 of. I mean, it's possible. I don't play enough Legacy anymore to really know, but... Yeah. Yeah, that, that's... Is it, it isn't... It seemed so weird, like, for so long there really wasn't a control deck in Legacy without Miracles in the format. Well, it was Counterbalance. There was a counter... It was just a Counterbalance deck. That was the deck. It didn't have... Before Miracles existed. It was... Because I actually played the Counterbalance deck for a while. Hmm. And it played things like, you got to play versions that had things like uh, Tarmogoyf in the deck huh? as a closer, because you'd have like short, you know, it was enough where you could play, you know, not invest that much mana and get a sizable threat to close the game with. Often you would play like one Trigon Predator, one or two Trigon Predators main. Oh, wow. Huh. So there, you know, it, it was certainly a deck before Miracles. It just became way better when you got one mana, instant speed, Wrath of Gods. Yeah. And, you know, ways to make a bunch of angels or, you know, Monastery Mentor now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, access to things like... uh What's his name? Uh, why can't I think of the name of it? Uh, the White Red Fuse spell. That Here blows he? up one side, blows up uh, an enchantment, and the other side blows up an artifact. Uh, wear Terror. Oh, yeah. As a sideboard yeah. card. Um, yeah, now you have Nahiri in the deck, so you can run, like, the 1x Emrakul as a, you know, as a way to finish the game. In addition to Jace the Mind Sculptor, it's just like, you know, all these very good cards that are not Tabernacle of Pendrel Veil vale expensive. Mm-hmm. How much are those now? Like a thousand? That are not, you know, Underground Sea expensive. Yeah. Uh, like something like Shardless uh, Bug or whatever that you have to run, like, lots of Underground Seas and lots of, you know, two-mana producing lands. Can't run a whole lot of basics in that deck. Yeah. You know? So... Because it needs the it needs the mana quickly. 
Right, and it needs some. It needs all the colors, and it needs it in a, in a fairly uh, efficient and soon fashion. So, huh? Anyway, there we go. Talking about non-cube things again. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. All right. Anything else uh, you want to talk about? Uh, not really. Like, yeah, it's just kind of nice to get back and 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 talk about some things. Um. You know, other cards that were mentioned briefly, uh, Werebear, just, you know, unfortunately just not that great anymore. Yeah. It's as I, awesome as Werebear is and his right to bear arms. I was about to say, uh, in, in new flavor text and in competition. So Someday we'll have to talk about balance. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a very often misunderstood card. Maybe we can do a podcast on like misunderstood cards. Oh, yeah. I like that. Of just like, hey, it should be this, but this is actually how you play it, or you know, people think this card's terrible and it's actually great. Mm-hmm. This card's great. And it's actually not very good. You know, we can certainly do uh, one of those soon. So, I like it. Well, cool, man. Well, uh, anything you want to plug? Any want to let people know where to find you? Yeah. So, as I said, I have I wrote something on the blog. Um, I'd rather be cubing. WordPress. dot com about some recent popper cube changes that I've done. And, yeah, pretty happy with how those have gone. Um, I have a link in that blog to my regular Powered Cube and the Popper Cube on Cube Tutor. I don't know the numbers on them exactly, but they're on that blog there. Um, I write for Gathering Magic, do Cube articles. Don't do a whole lot there aside from set reviews, but, yeah. <laughs> and mainly just do a lot of tweeting at uh, Usman the Red at Twitter. Nice. What about what about you? Uh, I am at Anthony42 on uh, Twitter, and uh, pretty much Anthony42 everywhere. Uh, don't do don't have a whole lot of time for writing uh, much. Maybe someday we can return to that realm. Uh, but you can you know you can find links to my articles at the blog mentioned earlier. Uh, rather be cubing.wordpress.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, hit me up on Twitter. There's also a, a show Twitter that we need to start using more often. Which I was about to say, because I, I never got around to do it yet. Third, was it Third Powercast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now where uh, your name doesn't take up the amount of characters, or if that's coming soon, that's kind of neat. Hmm. I don't know if I had read about that. I don't know if it's true or not, but... Might be nifty. So that way you're, you know, saving characters so that your your name being on there or whatever doesn't. Uh... Hmm. I like that. That's some cool tech. Mm-hmm. Pretty neat. Yeah. So anyway. I was going to say, I guess there's only uh, one thing left. Oh, yeah. There is only one thing left. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Eternal Masters. Draft through eternity. Not not draft through time. No, not draft through time. I kind of like draft through eternity though. It's not too shabby. Yes, yeah, that's not bad. <laughs>